Hi there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. No games today, international break, uh, so, but we're doing our Premier League preview. The season's underway. Uh, the season should end really with us top and Arsenal bottom, but unfortunately that won't happen. Uh, so we're talking a preview of where we think teams will finish. Uh, joined by Mike, Hare and Ben Taylor. Hi guys, how you doing? How's it going, Chris? All good, you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, a, a professional podcaster would have... Uh, prepared like a league table of where they think people will finish rather than uh, just nicking one that someone of his guests have, has done. But Ben's uh, done this. Uh, I'm assuming by if Kane stays, that was done before the transfer window closed. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. So, obviously, if Kane stays, there's some Portuguese guy. I can't remember who's come back to United. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, any teams, uh, Ben, you think should be We'll, we'll talk about it in a bit more detail anyway, but any teams off the top of your head you think should be bumped up or down due to the transfer window there? I feel like I've got Newcastle a bit high. <laughs> I, I went down the route of who has some goal scorers and I thought like with Wilson and St. Maximum, they might have enough goals to, you know, but I watched them the other week and my goodness. But yeah, it is a, uh, but yeah, so I would they jump off the page, but uh, yeah. Mike, any uh, changes you'd make off the top of your head uh, quickly? No, I agree with Ben. Newcastle's probably a bit a bit too high. Leeds are an interesting one. They could, you know, they, they could shoot up a few positions. Even you look at Arsenal as well, and you think nine and ninth at the moment is uh, <laughs> optimistic. Maybe if they get Allardyce, maybe. I don't know, but uh, at the moment. <laughs> we're playing them soon, so we won't laugh too much. So basically the plan today, we're going to go through every team, uh, talk about how we think they're going to do. Uh, obviously, Ben's uh, uh, table there is uh, there's kind of reference points. So we'll go alphabetical order, but we'll start with our teams first and we'll start that alphabetically with the Harry Kane team. Uh, I can't do this without going Tottenham first, but uh, yeah, uh, Obviously, my team, so I'll talk about them first, and you guys can chip in, and then West Ham, Mike, can go and uh, Man United, Ben. Uh, transfer window, I think, wasn't too bad. I was pretty angry at the start, uh, being that we haven't got a playmaker, we haven't got a backup striker, uh, we haven't got any attacking midfielder, really. Uh, made even worse today by the fact that two of our players are going to be heavily fined, but they miss a couple of games. Uh, but I think we've sorted that, that defence out. I think Skip and Hoiberg, Skip, really uh, has been crucial. He's allowed uh, Hoiberg and himself to sit back. And I think that's why our defence is looking much more solid than last year, because they got that stability rather than Hoiberg sitting there running and then the other one just running forward and leaving a massive gap. But uh, start with you, Mike. How do you think uh, Spurs will get on this season? And and obviously it's been a really good start. And, and <laughs> I know we're top. We ne we're never top, so that's why I'm crying about it. We are for two weeks because of an international break. But really, the season for me doesn't really get started until 10 games in. So three games in, we're top. It's been a good start. That's it. But what do you think of Spurs? Yeah, I think you're right. First off, you know, first 10 games, is that's where you're going to be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. It's, uh, it's normally a good way to kind of look at it. Uh, Spurs is a good thing and, you know, the Stremford's the defense because let's face it it's not been it's been aging for a while and it's it's dropped off and they made some smart signings I, I don't like being too nice about Tottenham to be honest <laughs> always made, always made <laughs> but um no I think the, the biggest thing that you guys did was uh Renee on the gentleman's agreement and <laughs> 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 oh, so I think that's the 
that's Tottenham's biggest achievement so far of you know this season. Um, obviously, three wins on the bounce is, is good stuff. It's uh, whether you can sustain it is going to be the question. You know, last year you could say the mentality wasn't necessarily there, and you know you've got the uh, Europa uh, Conference this year, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. So again, you see those uh, Thursday, Saturday, or Thursday, Sunday schedule. That weirdly, I'm quite happy we actually have to do this time round. <laughs> I don't know what to do. We'll come to that in a bit, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Um, it certainly makes the season a lot harder. I think Champions League, actually, it's that one extra rest day can make all the difference. So it could be an interesting season for Tottenham trying to readjust. And obviously there's new players coming in. and So I think there is a level of a readjustment there. And also, is how does Harry Kane keep himself? You know, how does how does he react come January when a window opens again? Does he, does he change his mind? Does he, you know, push to leave again? Like, is a lot, I think there's, I think there's a lot of open questions with Tottenham at the moment. Yeah. I think the Conference League, unless we get to the latter stages, that's going to be reserve players and the main, you know, it's going to be, you know, not the first team players at the time. But Ben, you had him sixth. If Kane stays, he is staying for the sake of argument and for my sanity. Uh, he's staying for the season, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Sixth, uh, injuries aside and everything like that, do you think there can be any higher or do you think sixth is the best that Tottenham can have just because of... Mm. The uncertainty with everything, or I think the top four. I think the top four. I mean, I think even as a United fan, I'd be quite disappointed if we finished below the top four. I, w- I would imagine that. Um, I'd imagine that Chelsea, Liverpool, and City fans would all fancy themselves to finish top four. I think most of the country would probably pick that top four in some form of order. Um, I would say that probably Leicester and Spurs are best equipped to to break that. Um, just, just like squads, I think there's some good teams out there. I think even Mike's West Ham are a good team, but the depth is the depth as the season goes. And um, I do think with Nuno, I don't think he like loses that many games. You know, I, I think he's he might you might not be beating teams five six or whatever, um, but there's a chance there. And I think that with Kane staying, I mean, like Mike said, I mean. You, you can't really do better than keeping the best striker in the league, can you? No. So I think I think it's uh, in that sense. I mean, I think the bigger question is where where would I put Spurs if he didn't stay? I think that might have been a bit of a you know, rolling downs. But like, I I just think as well. Like, I, I've always maintained that some of your players weren't as bad as they were made out during the Mourinho time. And I think when you know United had Mourinho as a manager, we had the same thing. There were some players there that weren't as bad as they were being made. I mean, Luke Shaw's a a, a classic example, you know. And so, hmm. and I, I've always quite liked Dyer. I think you know, Chris, that I've always quite liked Dyer hmm. as a player. And I, I know he has the problem with his feet a bit slow at times with, with with sort of crafty forwards and stuff. But obviously, Nuno, I think it looks like Dyer and Sanchez are a better, you know, under the Nuno system. Um, and I think the new guy you've got in who's buying the players seems to, to know his stuff. So, you know, I think that's, you know, that that's a big part of it, you know. And I think we've seen that with United's recruitment this summer and certainly from Spurs' recruitment. I think at least it seems joined up. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know I, I just think that if it was me, I think Son's such a wonderful player as well for you guys. Like, I know he signed a new contract as well. I think it's, you know, I think he might be one of the best finishers in the league. Like, I know people talk about Kane, but you very rarely see him miss a chance, son. Um, 
So again, the the issue will be for me what happens if one of those two are injured for the you know for a period of time. Uh, I don't think what you've got below them is good. I think that's why I would put you outside the top four. Uh, again, Leicester and yourself, I think, are pretty interchangeable. I think Leicester maybe just have a few more players you could chip in with goals. I think I mean, that's maybe where I went there. And I think Leicester, they've started the season without Evans and without Fafana, who are both like top, top defenders. And I think they'll, they'll, Leicester will only get better as Daka comes into his own, as he gets finds yeah. his feet. Um, so I think that's why I, why I put you sixth. Um, yeah. But it wouldn't shock me if you were fifth, but I'm not so sure you'll break top four. Yeah, uh, not in the top four. Get off of my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, you mentioned Paratici, Mr. K. How you doing, Mr. K? And Paratici, we trust. He's also said uh, very positive. Kane's staying for good now. Not sure about that. Uh, and Wayne Bonner, always uh, mentioned uh, on the on the uh, stream. Hi, Wayne. <laughs> Been a better start than Arsenal. A lot of smiley faces. Ooh, be careful, Wayne. We've got them in three days. We've got them in three days. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, if Kane was planning to leave for two years, we've signed the best striker on the planet, sort of, uh, considering he was uh, planning to leave for two years. But yeah, He's a good uh, point. Premier Hotspur TV, how you doing, guys? We can keep a fully fit team. We could push for top four, but we'll be a challenge, which is basically what we're saying, isn't it, I think? Um, I think, okay. I think as well, sorry, just going back to the Kane thing, I think it's not just good for you. I think it's good for the league. Hmm. I think obviously if if City had swiped up Kane this summer, we we would pretty much be I think talking about who's finishing second to fourth and below that. You know, yeah. I think I think City are still the favourites, but there is definitely an an element there that you know if they go a couple of games. I know they just smashed five past someone, or whoever. But you know, like if 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 they could go a couple of games without scoring a goal, you know, they do give you the chance on the break. City at times, you know, they push forward. So. You know, I think it's good for the league. I think Chelsea especially will be like, would have been really happy. United, Liverpool. But, I've, you know, I don't think City are this, uh, like, if they'd have kicked on with Grealish and they, and with Kane, then I think they'd have not only been favourites for the league, but probably the Champions League as well. So it's, yeah. you know, good good for the league, I think. Yeah, we'll get on to City a bit. Let's go on next, Man United. So we'll let you roll with this, Ben, and people can play Ronaldo Bingo. How many times he mentions Ronaldo in the uh, <laughs> next sing five the song, minutes? Don't worry. Uh, I yeah, sing. I mean, you you've put them. Where is this uh, thing? This league? You've put them third, uh, obviously before the transfer window. Is that yeah. changed now? You have got possibly one of the <laughs> well, not possibly one Look, of the greatest players of all time, or is it still? Look, I think we could. I think United can win the league. Right, but I think you also have to think that they're not as favourites as City and Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea are obviously European champions. Uh, you've got uh, City, which I think would be the. I mean, I haven't looked at the bookies, but I'd imagine if I went to the bookies now, they would be the favourite still. Um, and I think the thing about United was, I mean, Ronaldo is is wonderful. And, you know, there'll be a time with Ronaldo to worry about money you spend a week. I know the fees less and stuff like that, but I couldn't care less about the money. You know, I mean, there's a bigger issue with money in football, but the way it is at the moment, I I couldn't care less how much we're paying him a week. It's just really great to have him back. Um, But what I do think United missed is a a midfield player. I think at the start of the season, we needed a centre-back that we ticked that off with Varane. I think he looked great against Wolves. Um, We need the sense that we needed a right wing option, a solution, um, Sancho is that hopefully long term. You know, I think he's got to find his feet, but I think he will. 
Um, and then obviously Ronaldo sort of came along. I, I don't think necessarily was a particular, you know, a particular need, you know, but it was so great to have him back at United. We wouldn't let him go City, I think. And I think, you know, we, we, we chased that down. And then I also think that, but that just the missing out on the central midfield player, you know, how many get, I mean, I like McTominay. I rate McTominay. I think there's United fans are split down the middle on him, but who's going to, you know, Pogba is a bit of a liability in there. I think at times, I mean, I mean, he's a wonderful player gifted, but as a, in, you know, in that kind of deeper role, he can be liable for, um, you know, teams getting at him. And I think if I, if I, I'm not so sure you can win a, win a championship with Fred and McTominay. And that, and I think that's where it, it stops for me. I think that's why I've got them below Chelsea because I think Chelsea have got, you know, I mean, if Kante's out, they've got, you know, Kovacic. If they, if, if uh, Jorginho's out, they've now got Sol. Um, even deeper than that, I think they've got Loftus Cheek. They've got, you know, they've got so much depth, Chelsea. And that's why I got United above Liverpool as well. I just think our depth is better than Liverpool's. But yeah. we've got another couple of comments in Premier Hotspur TV. Kane's like a new signing. Sure about that being that he played last year, but we're short of firepower. I definitely agree with you. Should have, should have brought in a backup striker. Back to United. Ben's pretty much answered this, Mike, but Mr. K. Uh, United have pushed transfers this year. They've brought three world class players, really, if you include Sancho in that. Are they really, really good enough to win the league? What say you on that one? I agree with Ben, to be honest. I think they're lacking that midfield. Um, <clears throat> I think the good teams. You know, as much as people say City are a bit lightweight, they don't really have any kind of general, shall we say. They do have Fernandinho and, and Rodri, even though you wouldn't say Rodri is necessarily dominant. But the thing that they do very well, the thing that Chelsea also do very well is they get nasty. They will nip attacks very quickly. They will clip your ankles. They will foul strategically throughout the team to not recruit cards. I don't see that when you look at, say, United, there's enough nouse in that team defensively to do that. As Ben rightly says, Pogba can be a wonderful player. He can also be an absolute liability. Same with um, Fernandes. Again, another one. Brilliant player. But if he gets roughed up a little bit in games, he starts to roll around on the floor, throwing his toys around. And he tends to then look a little silly because he's actually trying to do you know, the amateur dramatics. And when it doesn't go his way he throws his toys out and then when what he normally does or what he has done in the past and has got away with and been rewarded for in terms of penalties and free kicks, it happens the other side and it goes against him. He loses his head for a bit in games. So then he kind of zones out for five minutes or so. And that five minutes could also be detrimental to say United in the, in a big game, say against the Chelsea, against the Liverpool and so on. Mm. I just think there's a bit more now in those two teams into do the dark arts of football, shall we say? Especially in Chelsea. Chelsea are incredibly organised. But on top of that, they do those nasty, niggly little fouls that you get away with. And just... I think they've got top managers as well, haven't they? All three of yeah, those teams. Uh, you know, you know, you look at Klo uh, Liverpool with Klopp as well. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of Oli. I think he's done really well for us. Um, but, I mean, I've, I think no United fan would say, oh, you know, he's in that bracket. You know, and, and, and I think that's where... Talk about the niggly fouls, the, the, the you know the, the clever fouls, you know the Fernandinho masterclasses and stuff. But you know that, that, that's you know Ho Hoiberg ain't bad either, by the way. But it's <laughs> um, but you know it, but it's those types of 
attention to detail that might just be the difference of five to six points a season. Um, you know, I mean, if Pogba and McTominay could find a partnership, like, a, you know, could, then I, I, that, that would be huge for United. Um, but it's, it's no surprise that Pogba's best performances have come off the left in the first few weeks. I think that's, you know, it's no shock to me that. Yeah, and I think, like, the point you made about the managers as well is that if you take example, Chelsea, um, Liverpool and also Man City, their managers are the kings of taking pressure out of the team or at least deflecting pressure away from the team and placing it on themselves. So that even though, you know, you expect City to win every game, Pep makes it about him. Uh, Liverpool, if they're not playing so well, if there's something not quite clicking, Klopp takes responsibility and puts it all on him and will protect his players. And then when you look at Tuchel, or Tuchel, depending on how you pronounce it, he's just so meticulous. But again, it's another one who understands how to take the pressure and just flex it. He's so cool about how he manages those things that that pressure never seems to filter down to the team. And I think that really helped Chelsea, um, top, sorry, Chelsea definitely last year in the two games against um, City when they really needed to turn up. Everyone wrote them off. Tuchel remind so calm and, I guess, measured in his approach, especially in tactics as well, that he, he basically tactically outfoxed uh, Man City and got that team to think that even if you're going to hit wave after wave of attack, you can you can kind of sustain your own self and you can manage that and then you can hit them on the break. You, know, you made that point earlier, Ben, that if you can get past that first line of press against Man City, then they are vulnerable because the likes of Fernandinho aren't that quick. And if you're getting it to pacey players in behind, all of a sudden Man City then are scrambling. Oh, yeah, I, th- I, think we've, I think we've had a really good record against City at, um, at, at the Etihad recent years because of that exact thing. We, you know, you can soak it up and Rashford, Shaw, you know, Greenwood, you know, that they, they do break the pace. And I think that's what happened on the opening weekend with Spurs, wasn't it, really? I mean, you know, they were, you know City had so much of the ball. Um, I mean, you're not... They, were, they were crossing it for Harry Kane. He wasn't even in the stadium, let alone in their team. They were crossing it for a striker that wasn't there. I don't really understand yeah. that. And made it easy. You do that against us there with no striker there. Sanchez, Dio are going to head that out all day. And that's what yeah. happened. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah. Getting back to the title, Mr. K, I think Chelsea look very strong this season. Uh, we've got a few uh, uh, predictions in. Premier Hotspur thinks City will win the league, which is what you've got, Ben. Uh, yeah. Wayne Bonner, not so as uh, clinical. <laughs> City or Chelsea? So he's uh, hedged his bets a little bit there. And a question for Mr. K, very quickly. Who do you think has the best midfield? Uh, City... Uh, Obviously, got the best Chelsea field of in the league. Yeah, yeah. I think Chelsea. I think we'll have to go for Chelsea's got the most balance within that team. Yeah, um, think, Premier Hotspur t- uh, uh, TV say they think Chelsea as well. I think Kante. I, I, I think it's just one of those things, right? That Kante is so good. Like, I, like, I, I, like every time I play against it, every time I play against it, I God, if I played against it, it'd be terrible. Every time we play against them. <laughs> Right, it, it run me into the ground. Anyway, um, but like he's everywhere. And I don't know if that, I don't know if that's always the case. Obviously, I don't watch every Premier League match, but he, he's always brilliant against us. And I, I and I always think about the sign of like a player when you think a player is great is like a, you look at a player playing for someone else and you think, oh, I want them in my team. You know, and I think if if, if United had Kante, Pogba and Fernandez mm. would be a lot better off in the same team together. 
you know and you know i guess you could say the same for rice maybe but you know like you know there's you know there's certain players you know united basically need someone who can do mctominay and fred's job in one to give that to get the other two play and there ain't many of them around and um i think kante is definitely one of them but if you look at sal kante Jorginho. And Kovacic, that's four pretty solid midfield mm. players. Yeah, as a central midfield, it's an insane level of talent. Obviously, Man City, you have De Bruyne, who generally counts for two players in most yeah, Premier League yeah. clubs, as it is anyway. But when you look at that depth and the way they play, it's so fundamental that they have that solid base. They all have a bit of creativity about them if they need to, but it's that base that they give that defence to allow those fullbacks to go on gives them so much more balance. Now, Man City's midfield, you would say, is probably more entertaining, and which, in most cases, you would say makes them the better midfield. But it's the balance that you get in one to the other, which I think possibly would say uh, Chelsea shade it, which then would also be kind of proven by the Champions League win. And then, you know, within the cup, when they played against Man City as well, that, that midfield battle is where they won those games. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that, that, and that's midfield, isn't it? I mean, it yeah. You can have all the, the brilliance of players. It's lovely. I mean, De Bruyne, <laughs> legitimately, I think, is, is one of, the, is one of the, the best, Is the well, probably the best player in the league, I would say, De Bruyne. But, yeah, I think so as well. But, uh, it's been for a little while. But I would also say that City's best players in that midfield are all very similar. You know, I think what Chelsea have is they have that Jorginho deep line. They have Kante, who's a, who can run all day and then tackle if he needs to. Kovacic can carry the ball, you know, a little bit. Uh, Sol is a you know, box-to-box guy. I think City, you've got Fernandinho and Rodri. I know who do the, like, the shield job. But then after that, you've got De Bruyne. Gundogan is, an, is a central midfield player. But then sometimes Pep sort of shoehorns like your Foden's, your Grealish's into that kind of 4-1-4-1 type thing. And they're great players but i'm not so sure actually their best position is central midfield yeah, i think their I mean, best central midfielders aren't necessarily what i would class as yeah they were, they're not going to win the battle for you that's what i'm trying to say and even de bruyne's yeah. he's moved him further back to give them that more of an orchestrator in a deep role you know it, it depends you can always tell on how city are doing in the game by as to how far forward de bruyne has to play de bruyne is playing quite a bit further back and that's just because people are on song and he's able to drop where he wants and just ping the ball. Whereas if he's sitting almost behind the striker, that's because they are lacking in that last bit of penetration in that final third that he has to be close to goal. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll talk about all these teams in a bit. Uh, Just before we move on to West Ham, Mr. K here, I think Arsenal, such a big Spurs fan, I can't even bring himself to spell their name correctly, are the dark... I'm not sure if this is a joke or not. I think the end of it means that it is. The dark horses this season, everyone's written them off. They've spent the most amount of money, definitely preparing for a title push in about 20 years. And I think it must be a joke. It's Premier Hotspur TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a real chance question... next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... what, they're, what they're doing is they're building ready for next year in the championship. <laughs> so, you know, they're having a real good crack at it. It's a fair play yeah. for them. Yeah, I mean, that's a trophy, isn't it, if they win that? But, yeah. <laughs> um, but just a quick question for you guys as well, very quickly. What do you both think of uh, Tanganga, uh, Mike? Uh, uh, we've yeah, signed Emerson Royal, which I'm not sure if that means he's going to be dropped now, but yeah. Yeah, he's not like a bad player. I think he's one of those that he needs to be given a position. Um, mm. I think there's a few players that have always suffered from 
<laughs> being a bit of a utility man and being able to play all across. You know, it's great you can play across the defence, but I think at his age, he's 21 now, is he? 21, 22? Like that, yeah. So he really should be starting to nail down a position. Um, otherwise, you just become part of the pecking order. You don't actually mm. kind of become a player. I think that's probably what was an issue with Dyer for a bit. I personally don't think he's a great player, but you know, I know I understand why people do like him. But I think until Tandango really kind of says, this is my position and that's the position I'm going to be in, I think he's going to be a bit of that nearly man because it's hard to develop uh, a role and hard to kind of build up a momentum in a, in a position if you are consistently being pushed from one side to the other. So, you know, even just playing from right-hand side of uh, centre-back to the left side of centre-back is a completely different kind of kettle of fish because everything is on the opposite side. So you're never going to get that true kind of uh, consistency to actually start to understand that role and how to use your body because you have to use it differently depending on where you are in the, on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I like him. I like him. I thought he did really well against Grealish. Um mm. when, he, when, he, when I saw him, was it first game? Yeah, first game of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think he did really well there. I think Mike's driving. He looks like a centre back playing right. I think it was right back. Um, I think Mike's team have got the same with the Johnson kid. I think I've seen him a couple of times. Looks very good, but I'm not sure that 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 that's his um, exact position. I think he's always tanged down. Always looks good defensively to me. I think whether in, whether in modern football he can be a fullback that plays a modern fullback role. Mm. I I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but yeah, I mean I mean I I speak from a for a He's got a team who I think's probably got the best defensive right back in the league. Um, uh, so, but, but, and I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be good defensively. I'm sure Nuno will love that. I'm just, I just question whether or not if you if you've got aspirations about top four and that. I think these days fullbacks are almost wingers, aren't they? So it's, um, yeah. you know, it's whether he can do that side of the game. I think, and and you know, I, I hear that he's 21, 22, but I mean, you know. You know these these um, progression things. They aren't always linear. You know, some people come on later. You know, they're not all Rooney's coming in at sixteen or whatever. And you know, so. But I've always been impressed with him every time I see. Him. I mean, having said that, I used to quite like um, Walker Peters that you had as well. So mm. you know, so I don't. I don't know. I mean, you guys will know more about him than me, obviously. But I've been yeah. quite impressed with him every time I've seen him. Yeah, another one to watch. Uh, Premier Hotspur TV. Brian Hill expecting massive things from him. The issue that I have with that is who's going to give him the ball. Uh, that's where we need that playmaker. And then question for you, Ben. Uh, I think I know what you'll say. Mr. K's asked, would you vape the van over Romero? I think that has to be the case, Ben, of what he's done. And the fact that he'll play games rather than being quarantined for the rest of his life because he goes to countries he shouldn't be going to. I would, but I'd have to I'd have to prefix that with saying I've seen Romero play four times. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's not a smorgasbord <laughs> of, uh, of knowledge on him, I have to be honest. And the, the same with Emerson Royal. So just out of interest, Chris, what was your favourite Emerson Royal performance? Uh, he's a... Uh... Well, after he said he never wanted to leave Barcelona and did the press conference with Tottenham saying he's happy to be here. Right? <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, again, again, I think, I think it's you know, it, you know, you know, these Barcelona players, you know, they have got some serious depth, you know, in the academy, so it could be great. I just, but yeah, I haven't seen much of Romero, but I mean, he's starting for Argentina. I mean, you know, can't can't be a can't be a bad player. Yeah, we've got yeah. on Spurs. Hey, he comes from a team like Atlanta as well, so you know, he's played at a flexible team that play fairly high tempo. And as I say, incredibly flexible tactically. Uh, so, yeah, I think he'd be okay with sort of elements of it. His, his interest is always hard. When you look back at players that have come, say, from Italy, not always many of them 
settling very well very quickly. Um, and some don't even really settle at all. You know, apart from the back in the day when Zola and all those guys came over, you know, they settled perfectly. But since then, you could probably count probably on one hand the amount of uh, players that have come out of Italy and really settled in, in kind of the English league. You know, I think Varane's probably more uh, suited to do that, coming from the French league before going into obviously Spain. Um, I think French football as a general kind of rule has, is very similar to English football, just probably a little bit more on the technical level. But I think he's probably more suited than Romero. But given time and, you know, the resources to, to, to achieve, then Romero could be a very smart signing for Tottenham. I'm just glad you didn't get Milenkovic because that would have really annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got another comment here. A, a non-Spurs fan who's uh, uh, watching it and, and uh, commenting, thanks so much. Uh, this is his, uh, uh, his wild card pick, this in fantasy football. That's not a bad uh, team, that. Uh, what do you think of that, guys? Goals in there, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I mean, not sure I mean, some of them count as midfield, but still, there is definitely goals in that one. That, 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 <laughs> that Rafinha is some player, isn't he? I, I like, I like the like Rafinha. So, like, you know, again, obviously, Ronaldo. It'd be interesting to see. Actually, I mean, that's why I don't want to go on about Ronaldo. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if um, if Ronaldo starts at Newcastle. I mean, you, you better do. He's my treble captain. I'm expecting a hat trick here. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be I mean, interesting with Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, Mr. K there says Rafinha looked good last season. Hopefully, he steps up. We should have signed him. Uh, Levy in charge. He ain't going to pay that kind of money. Uh, but yeah, uh, West Ham, Mike. Uh, not sure where Ben you had them in the league. It was something like ninth, I think. Uh, I, I think keeping Vice was superb business for you guys, similar to us with Kane. Uh, he was one of the be our best players in the Euros by quite a, a way. Although he did have a lot of good performance performers there. Uh, I think when the actual Europa League starts, that will show where you're going to kind of finish at the moment. You're still on last season's kind of thing with uh, just Premier League, Premier League, Premier League. But, uh, I mean, yeah, what, what do you think of your season? I, I, I'm assuming you're delighted to be able to go and play in Europe and obviously not yeah. the top, top teams, but, you know. I'm about, about, to out, about to pull out, you know, the old globe to see where, you know, countries are because, you know, <laughs> we, we never go travelling. So, uh, you know, that, that's a new one for me. Um, but no, like you know, last season obviously was a great season, and you know, huge credit to, to Moyes and staff and the team for what they did. Because let's face it, we from what we was the season before to what they did, it's nothing short of truly noteworthy. And then you know, they Moyes has definitely earned his reputation back. Mm. Let's face it, he it was at a low ebb after he got bumped off last time when his contract kind of ran down, and we went Pellegrini route, bring him back. Um, you know, and, and even when he got his contract extended, and I was one of those that at the time didn't want Moyes because the football wasn't still wasn't that attractive, and it didn't look like we're going to be playing what we did last year. Um, so the football in itself is a great watch. You know, we're certainly entertaining at the moment. <laughs> you know, we've got uh, <laughs> scoring goals isn't a problem, but defending has been one of them at the start of the season. You know, against Newcastle before we got a grip of the game, uh, it wasn't mm. looking too convincing. Um, you know, and then went on to the next game, won that one quite convincingly, surprisingly, against Leicester. I think that game against Leicester was manic men against boys, even before they got the red card. Um, and then the Palace game was just naivety and poor defending. So, you know, prior to the window closing, 
I can't say I was feeling too confident about the season because even though there's a lot of trust in that 11 that we have, beyond that, there was there was nothing, really. You know, one injury, we got an injury to Declan Rice, then pretty much our season falls down around our ears. We still have that problem with Antonio. If he gets injured, we just don't have those options to, to back him up. And we're relying on the likes of Bowen, uh, Vlasic, and also... Yarmolenko to kind of step up and play in a role that's not their natural role. So I think we're still on the edge of being sensible, to be honest. Obviously, we had there were, there were money constraints, which meant we couldn't go for positions that we needed. You know, arguably, we needed a left-back. And I know some people go, well, why would you say that Cresswell was great last year? I think a lot of people say that, looking at stats by going, you know, he got 10 assists last year. So that's one more assist than Trent Alexander-Arnold that everyone says was insane for crossing and creating chances. But most of those were from set pieces. You know, he's only two assists from open play. One of them was a punt upfield off of a throw-in. And the only other... <laughs> that, that's no word of a lie. Literally, it was just a throw-in was put back All to count, him. Mike. All count. Yeah, but exactly. It doesn't matter if he assists off his backside. But it's the thing is, look, when we look at it from the perspective of what our team have, you know, you look at our right side with Sufal, and then you look at Cresswell, they're, they're poles apart. And, you know, if we want to really progress, that was one of those areas we needed to, to get another player in. And we had, was not to say Antonio's the same level as Kane, but we had the same, uh, essentially, Kane issue that Tottenham have of who else do you go get as a striker because they're not going to play ahead of, you know, Kane. We have the same issue with, not many players are going to play ahead of Antonio because at the moment, quite frankly, he is the most informed player in the Premier League in terms of strikers. Uh, what's it? Four goals and three assists this month alone. You know, we've only just started the season. You know, he's been almost unplayable. So who are you going to get in that matches him physically, who has the same kind of uh, pace, finishing ability at the moment? Because, you know, as much as Antonio is not a natural striker or hasn't been a natural striker, his development over the last 18 months has been phenomenal in that regard. And he's really started to look like a natural striker. So when you look at it, it's we have all the constituent parts of being a good team and a team that could probably look at, you know, a top eight. If things go well and everything's clicking, then maybe we can replicate what we did last year. But again, there are a lot of other things around this year that I think are completely different to last year, such as fans. I think that's going to still have a massive impact as to a lot of teams and a lot of standings as well. So it's it's weird because we, I think most West Ham fans are on a knife edge. I think we're all loving what's happening at the moment, but you know, never has a team had a song so synonymous <laughs> and so apt. You know, just like my dreams, they fade and die. So you know, we're all dreaming <laughs> of a bit of glory, but we're also expecting that bubble to burst. So it's... Uh, Intriguing, mate. Well, we've got a couple of comments about West Ham, but I first want to do this one. I like UTFR United. I'm ignoring the emojis. North London is white. I quite agree. Uh, <laughs> Premier Hotspur TV pretty much echo your sentiments and very similar to us. You'll have a good season if you keep your first 11 fit, but obviously you've got extra games now without Europa League. Yeah. Uh, he likes how you play with Antonio up top. You've got goals, which is basically what you've said. Uh, ben? Uh, Mr. K says uh, they look a proper team this season, which I thought last season they looked like the team that we were under Pochettino. Uh, will they build on last year? Obviously, Ben's mentioned uh, a few uh, financial constraints there. Didn't get the left back. 
uh, Antonio is, is <laughs> great, but then like Kane causes his own problems for the team in the fact that you can't get someone into replacing. But will they build on last year? I think Zuma is a brilliant defender. I think at Chelsea, he he he's he's in and out of the team. I think with with West Ham, if you get him and you're you're my defender, I think it'll be superb. So I think that's a brilliant signing. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Ben? Do you think they'll build on last year in terms yeah, well, of? Look, I think I think it's be difficult to finish as high as they finished last year. I mean, I think I think it's I mean not saying they can't. You know, again, a bit like what I was saying earlier about the top four. Uh, you know, most people would have the same top four. I think West Ham are definitely in that group behind, sort of with Spurs. You know that you know the 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 fifth to nine, ten. That 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 sort of group. But like Mike said, I just think no Lingard. I know Fournells have started well. But Lingard obviously was was a big player for them yeah. last year. They did, did really did really well. Um, was a bit shocked that didn't happen again, to be honest. Um, and then um, you know Antonio, like you say, if Antonio goes, where are the goals? I mean, I, I know from Mike, he's been banging on about lack of squad depth for probably eighteen months. You know, even last year. So it's you know, even with some of the, I think they got some talented under twenty three kids. I think Mike would like to see in there. So you know, whether that is whether that's what happens, whether yeah. This Europa League thing does blood a few of them, which might get one or two, you know, freebies for Moyes out of it. That, you know, maybe maybe that's the route they go. I think I had them as eighth, ninth in my list, Chris. I can't remember exactly where. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I didn't know they were going to start three bring, and three and beat Leicester. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know they were going to start so well. So, but but you know, I, I think over the, I mean, and like you're right, Zoom is a definite upgrade on Craig Dawson. So, um, you know, I think that that's there's no doubt about that. But as Mike said, I think it's just keeping that 11 fit. You play, I have a similar argument about Liverpool. I think Liverpool's first 11 is probably as good as anyone on their day. Yeah. Um, but you, you drill down into their depth, you know, they, they haven't got like the other top three, I think. And I think West Ham in that second group are that, you know, they on their on that, that you put first 11 versus first 11 all season, they'll do well. You know, you know, fifth to fifth to eighth. You know, probably higher in the, the top half of that. You know, um, but I can't see them breaking top four. And um, without, you know, I mean, Antonio, I don't think he's gone a season without being injured either. He's always injured. No, no, isn't that, he? That, that's that's it. You know, yeah, you're always going to have a two week to three week layoff at some point in the season. Our hope is we can limp along with this eleven until January, really, yeah. and then our hope is either. Gold, Sullivan and Brady somehow find, you know, that magic five pound note down the back of the sofa <laughs> or they, uh, they they sell the club and we get someone in who's got money to invest. But that that's that's our only real hope is that we have to avoid injuries. It's it's a horrible thing to say, but we, we just have to avoid it because the depth below that just isn't strong enough over a course of a season. You know, we did we did do some smart signings. You know, we brought in Alex Kroll, who admittedly didn't have a great Euros, but if you look at his season or his past couple of seasons in Russia, he's been a fantastic player. He's got lots of energy, plays a bit like Suchek, less goals, obviously. But again, it's that we have that player who can get box to box and run around in that midfield. So we at least have one cover for Rice or um, Suchek, obviously. Because you wanted that you wanted that Czech kid, didn't you? That, that Adam... Uh, yeah, Hosek. Hosek, lucky. You wanted him, didn't you? Yeah, I wanted him since he was like playing when he was 16, 17 at Sparta when he first kind of come through, just kind of happened to stumble upon him and, you know, watched him quite a bit since. But, you know, 
I think the way West Ham is at the moment in terms of you know squad size and so on, what we actually need is not necessarily having a full 25 complement. It's about having those players who can play in one to two positions. So getting that kind of striker slash winger, you know, is the types of players that we need. And we need to start buying young talent who can potentially, you know, be the player who's right for us now, but will be too big for us in two seasons. And we then go and buy the next talent. It's basically what Tottenham did for a while. You know, you bought the player that was just right for you just now, or is that youth player that the teams above you were interested in, but didn't take the chance on. And it's that kind of what process we need to do at the moment. But you also need a scout team for that. And But you, you also need a coach. Like Jose isn't a coach. He needs the players now. Yeah. And, and that relies on money. And we've got Mr. Burns in charge who isn't going to do that. Uh, whereas from from what you've said there, it's quite similar to you. Whereas Moyes is a coach and has obviously made you better. Can't, not a question, but a comment to you, Mike, here. It's, a, it's meant for Mike, not Ben. So... Uh, think you should have got Lingard back this season. He would have added 10 goals. And that's your kind of winger and forward player that you were talking about. But uh, how, how come that didn't happen? Is that money? Or, or did I think you it's not, a combo not go for it? Honest, mate. Um, I think, you know, United last season didn't see him as much of an asset. Hence why they're willing to let him go out on loan. And even the fee was approximately around 15 to 20 million as of last year. He went and surpassed himself and basically let's be honest he had pur- he had a purple patch he had the best form he's had in his career at West Ham mm. he's never scored or assisted to that level over that duration of games or in that kind of short period of games in his entire career do, do um, you think he's a uh, a big fish in a small pond player obviously he was one of your best players but uh, you I know think, he's never going to be that I think what happened was he needed a break he needed something new and he got that and he was afforded to be in a team and a formation that allowed him just to be him. So he was allowed to just express himself and get forward. He worked hard and was do- and, you know, in the part defensively, but ultimately he was allowed just to be himself and just told to go and enjoy his football. And I think there was less pressure on him than there is at United. But, you know, the end of the season, I think that was our time to strike. But United knew that and United knew they had an asset. The problem is the teams were where poles apart and I, and I agree actually for once and I don't normally agree with what Gold Sullivan and Brady do but I believe we were completely right not to give United the money they asked I think teams have gone past that stage now where they allow the bigger teams to dictate not only prices for players being bought but also players being sold and I think that was a case of we looked at that and said well if you take it down to the brass taxes he's a 29 year old with a year left on his contract uh, he had six great months at us, but he was a, he was a contributing factor to a very good team performance. Let's be honest, it wasn't the driving factor. He was a very key contributor, but not the driving factor in us getting where we were. And his wages are likely to be near 100 grand a week. And if you're asking to then pay then 25 to 30 million pounds on top of that for someone who's 29, you're then going, well, we're, I'm not going to get any resale value out of that. I might get some short-term success, but ultimately long-term, I can't say it's sustainable because if I look back over the course of his career, the goals and assist level have never been on that level. So you kind of then start to go, well, what am I actually buying for 25 to 30 million? And that's when you start to look at when we looked at someone like, say, Vlasic, who Mm. all of a sudden had a very good season last season, I think over 23 goals and assists um, in total in Russia. 
23 years old and arguably has one to two good seasons in the Premier League and what we paid for him we would make back easily in a sell. Lingard, he has one to two good seasons. His, his value is never going up. His value is only ever going down. So then you start to look at it and go, investing 30 million for a club like West Ham in a 29-year-old isn't economically, doesn't make economical sense. Whereas if you're a big club like United and so on that do have, in some cases, surplus cash. I know United are debt-ridden and, and all that, but <laughs> they, they, still, they can still put down 30 million quid for, for an older player and it not really to be too much skin off their nose because commercially they have other streams that can cover those losses on those players. Club like us just don't. And I think that was where it came to in the end was whilst we'd really, really like him, we can't do that now. And I think the other perception is, well, if we wait six months, United ain't going to ask for 25 to 30 million again. And Mm -hmm. if we wait a further six months, he's free. And you would argue based on the success we had and if uh, I know his relationship with Moyes is still apparently very, very good and very tight. And he has a good connection with the players that we will probably arguably be in the best position should he become a free player next year, mm. then give him a decent wage and so on without the, you know, the restrictions of a large fee. So I can understand why we didn't. You know, should we have got him? Yes. Did it make business sense? No. I think that's sometimes you've got to look at it in that, that's, that way. You have to look at the financially does it make sense for your team to do that just to keep the fans happy and sometimes it just doesn't and you kind of have to go you've got to make the smart decision and go for someone younger who's maybe has to prove themselves and bring themselves back up to and get themselves to potentially that level that someone had before yeah i mean what one thing you have got premier hotspur tv said the best backup keeper in the league uh, who played for fulham last year so obviously that pushes uh Fabianski, but uh, Ben said seventh. I think a bit lower because I just think the Europa League will take its toll on injuries and everything like that. Well, where where do you think you'll finish, and what do you think are certainly after last season would be yeah, a good I, finish for you? See, I think I probably I reckon about an eighth is probably where we would aim for. I don't think Moyes is going for. That. I think Moyes is going to aim for what we did last year. Mm. But I think for what we really need to do now as a team and based on the fact that we don't have that depth because it's our first season in Europe, I think you have to be a bit sensible and go, look, if we finish eighth, that's actually a very good, strong season. And then it's about really finish eighth, have a good uh, kind of progression in Europa League, hopefully get out of the group, which arguably is favourable, but it's not easy. And then it's try and have a cup run. You know, hmm. that, that in itself would be great. Our cup runs tend to be we meet Man United or Man City in round three or four and then we're out. But, you know, it's, it tends to be more of a cup crawl for us than it is ever a run. Um, but, you know, that, that that's I think that's a sensible hope because if I, if I look at the team, I can't, I just can't say that I think we're going to go a season without the injuries. And unless we're able to get any backup in January, I think it could it could derail if we get a problem to Antonio because we are then relying on the likes of Bowen, uh, Vlasic and Yarmolenko to step up into a position that isn't theirs. Um, the one thing I am happy about is I don't, as much as I love Fabianski, I don't see him being our first choice goalkeeper before, by the end of the season. Um, I do believe that he'll be, in the next three or four games, potentially taken over by Ariola, um, who is a phenomenal goalkeeper mm-hmm. and, you know, 28 years old, he's got a lot more agility, better with the ball distribution-wise as well. So 
I think we'll see changes in, in our in our goal before too long. And obviously Zuma going in there as well will also be a big, big help to that defence because that's two quite domineering characters as well. Yeah, I mean, Premier Hotspur TV, agree with you, Ben. Uh, seventh for our, uh, West Ham above Arsenal, which brings oh, us on. definitely above Arsenal. Definitely above <laughs> Arsenal. Brings us on to Arsenal. So we, we, we covered our three teams there, which has taken almost an hour. So obviously we follow those teams. So that's why we talk about them more. So the rest of the teams now aren't going to take us long because we don't follow them as much. But let's <laughs> go through them. Uh, Arsenal. Now, you've got ninth, Ben. I mean, it, it is funny at the moment. They're, they're, they're 20th. They look like they're not playing for Arteta for me, which only means one thing generally if players aren't playing for each other. But I don't for one minute believe that they're finishing bottom or in the relegation zone. So I think ninth isn't too bad. Uh, they've got Norwich next. I think if they lose that, he's out, which is devastating for us because I want him in charge from North London Derby. Um <laughs> Uh, you've obviously got them ninth. You obviously wrote that before the transfer window closed, before they ended up losing a couple more games. But, I mean, would you put them any any further down? I mean, from your Hotspur TV, I think, think, I think 19th, I've, which could be an improvement for them. I think, I, think, I, think, uh, I think if Arteta was there to the end of the season, it could be lower than ninth. I, I, like you, I can't see it. I can't no. see him survive it. I mean, I'm always one of those guys who says, I think... There's only really two times to sack a manager. There's at the end of the season and maybe the start of December. They've got Norwich think... and Burnley and then the North London derby. So really, they need six points out of them next two. Yeah. The North London I... derby is a derby and it's who wants it more. But for me, they... they're, they're not playing for him. You saw Jack of a, a, a Man City. That was almost like, well, this is a tough game. I need a bath here and go over. Yeah. I, I, I just think telly. that's because Jack is mentally weak and has low football intelligence, to be perfectly honest, mate. I don't think it's even... Maybe well, do it. Uh, maybe, but I, it was just they, they just look like they're not playing for him at all, which generally that, that's that's there's only one way to go from there, really. I agree. Who I they get, it's... I have no idea, but stay in charge for North London Derby. It's a good chance for us. Come on. I think as well, you get the ball in the box against Arsenal. You know, yes, you I get know. the ball. I mean, I mean, West Ham, I mean, Talking of West Ham, I mean, I can I can imagine David Moyes at set pieces going to Arsenal at the moment would be absolutely laughing. Like you know, he'd be like Zuma up there, Suchek up there, you go, you know, like you know, like, they, they would love that. Cresswell yeah. I mean, on their heads. Yeah, Premier Hotspur hey, TV has said Yoma as well. He's six foot five, so yeah, send him up there. Yeah. <laughs> Premier Hotspur said even Conte won't get a tune out of these players. He's been linked, but I, I, I was on another podcast the other day where I think. Uh, Conte is uh, is a leap. He's not going there. Conte is a man who needs the parts. He's a bit like Mourinho, right? Every players are like chess, yeah. player, chess um, you know, kind of chess yeah. pieces. That's why I didn't want Conte there because he, he he's not there. To yeah. He's not there for the long term. He's there to get players, and you need to have a checkbook because he will demand. I need X, Y, and Z. These are the players I need. You get them in. I will win you this. If you don't get them in. He's not going to be, not only is he not going to be happy, he also is a bit like Mourinho in the sense that he doesn't suffer fools or someone mm. that he believes is a fool. And, you know, just look at Diego Costa and how that seemed to be the catalyst for his kind of drop at Chelsea um, when he was doing so well. It's, he's that kind of guy that once he makes that decision that someone's not good enough, you ain't good enough. And if he looked at Tottenham last year and thought, that ain't for me, He's going to look at Arsenal and think they spent 130 odd million. I'm going to have nothing to spend. What am I getting out of that? Probably other than uh, Odegaard. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's yeah. why he's left. That's why he's left into Milan, right? 
because he got he got a load of money money. you know he got you know all the money on sanchez for the wages all the money on lukaku i mean he pretty much just came to united and bought like ashley young you know bought like three or four players right they've won the league he's done incredible to win the league i mean that juventus stranglehold was i know juventus maybe dropped off a bit but that juventus stranglehold was broken and he's got probably gone to the board and gone right now how do we win the european cup right and they've gone, oh, well, we're actually in financial mess because of COVID. And he's gone, right, I'm out. You know, and, and like, like Mike says, he ain't, he ain't around to, he ain't around to uh, you know, to build something. He's around to win, you know. And if he feels that the, the environment top to bottom isn't right, he's not going. And I think Mike's right. I mean, he's probably looking at Ancelotti at Madrid thinking, well, I don't know how long that will last, you know. Mm. Um, you know, he... You know, he Going to Arsenal, or even Man Man City, because Guardiola said he's there for two years. I think, yeah, isn't he? And yeah, then he's yeah. off. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, Mike, what do you think of Arsenal? Mike ninth, Ben's got them. Uh, I mean, where do you see this Arteta thing ending? Because if it carries on like it is, and even if it doesn't, I can't see him being there until Christmas. I think unless he Arsenal, makes a miraculous tournament. Yeah. I think Arsenal, in some ways, have made a rod for their own back in backing him by to the tune of hundred and thirty odd million. Um, mm. You know, he has some quite good excuses at the moment in that he's had players out for injuries, had players out due to COVID. Um, it's a new team in many ways that he's brought in. Um, so arguably he's easily going to get that first 10 games with quite a bit of grace. I think not really Arsenal fans, but he will with the board because they've also, they're already backed him already. So they kind of have to still stand by him. I think as Ben pointed out, it's December is the point where it's at the point of no return for that Arsenal. Uh, kind of board, but again the argument is well if they bring in a new manager that new manager is going to want to have funds in January do they even have the funds in which to support a new manager so then they're left with the choice of do they stick with Arteta and hope for the best if they're not doing very well that is let's just say um, or do they gamble getting a new manager and say you have relatively no funds unless you sell and you're going to have to work within a very tight budget. I think Arsenal have basically made a rock to their own back by spending mm-hmm. so much this window, which yeah. not many teams have done. Um, I think, you know, they'll be around about where they were last year. They're not going to be as bad as they are at the moment throughout the season, but at the moment they look tactically naive and out of ideas in the final third and in the defensive third. So, yeah. I mean, I know, I know it's a Spurs podcast, but I don't think we can predict they're going to get relegated. Yeah, exactly. So, like, like, well, I don't think so either. Play, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But what I would say is I was on a podcast the other day and uh, someone, I can't remember who it was, said that Edu, who's their director of football or something like that in the club, said that they don't have any money. So if that is the case and they've stopped playing for Arteta, they can't afford anybody. I mean, they could be in a lot of trouble there, but... I, I, they won't get relegated. They won't get relegated. I'll, I'll tell you I'll who I think would it. do really well there. I, tell, I think Graham Potter would do really well there. You, you, you said that we should have got him. Uh, uh, yeah, in the I did. I, three years yeah. that we were looking for a manager, didn't you? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do think, I do think, like he's the type of guy who can, you know, spend a bit less money, and he can, he does seem to get more out of players than, than you know. I, I think he, that could be something they look at. I, I mean, think they, he's also oh, Eddie Howe as well, isn't there? He's still yeah. not left um, Bournemouth. You know, yeah. you see, again, he's that Wenger philosophy in that you play attacking open football, worry about the defence another, on another day kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Likes to bring through young players. So maybe, like I think, yeah, as Ben said, Graham Potter is one and probably when you look at someone like Eddie Howe, probably the options where you'd go for Arsenal where they are now, 
it's probably not what the fans want, but it's probably what their team needs. Um, I think many of them looking at Conte, and it's probably going to piss off any Arsenal fans that do watch this, are living a bit in the past when they're looking at the managers. They're going to have those managers linked, but that's only because they're throwing money at them. It's not because they want to manage them. It's because they're throwing money at them. And if you're throwing money at the problem, you're not really addressing what the problem is because you're just thinking money's going to solve it. Yeah, which it never usually does. I mean, a, a few more uh, comments in, Mr. K. Uh, Arteta isn't last until December. Uh, I mean, it really depends, I think, on the next two matches before the North London derby. If he doesn't win those, he's out, I think. But God knows what I just think, get. Um, when I said December, I just think that just as a kind of overall strategy, I don't think any manager should be yeah. sacked before. De- I mean, that's what I meant. Because I, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think, you know, you, you get a new manager in December... They have some money to spend on Mike, so they might not have any. But if you know they get, you know, buy get a few players in in January, and then you a bit like what kind of what happened with Oli, and then you hit a bit of a run, you know, and then you start the next season knowing your players. You know, you got you basically have six months of kind of prep with your players, know who's who's going to be there next year, who's not, or whatever. Um, I mean, he could go after the next game. I think some Arsenal fans wouldn't mind that at all. But I just, it, it just, I don't see much value to that now. Like Mike says, after he's just spent all that money. I mean, Ben White's played one game, hasn't he, and then got injured or COVID or whatever. You know, mm. they've got some players who, who they've bought who haven't even come into the team yet. Um, mm. So you've got, I feel, it just seems like really, really bad management top to bottom if they let him go before kind of he's had a go with the players. You know, that, that's just, yeah. you know. Anyway. A couple more comments from uh, uh, Mr. K. Uh, apparently Mickey Hazard is alive on Tottenham away, so that's where <laughs> nobody's listening, but it doesn't really matter. We've got people listening. There's a replay you can watch this afterwards, and as long as Tottenham uh, podcasts are doing well, I'm not really that bothered. Is that Eden's dad, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> and he's also said this is actually a great stream. I'm not sure why he's surprised, but anyway, uh, he's on next week uh, talking about the Palace game, Mr. K. Uh, but great panel, well informed, spot on. Thank you. No problem at all. Thanks so much for your comments and watching. Uh, please make sure you are well informed. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know you very well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. If you're watching this now or watching it later on, please hit those likes. Hit the, it all helps. Subscribe to the channel. I'm close to 100 now. It'd be great to get to 100 uh, by the start of the Palace game. Uh, but yeah, from one team who uh, uh, pretty poorly organised to uh, one that I think are fairly good, Aston Villa. They obviously sold their best player. But if you, if you ever uh, uh, saw the uh, video that the owner um, sent out to Aston Villa fans, which went on Twitter, it explained exactly what was happening. They knew he was going. They bought in their players, Brendia, uh, Leon Bailey and Danny Ings to replace him. Whether that works or not is, is anyone's guess. But uh, it's good business, smart business, getting it done early. You know your players going, get the players in to replace him. Uh, <laughs> you do that before he goes. People don't know you have all that money. Uh, and where have you put them? Uh, you've put them... I can't see them. Tenth. Oh, tenth. Tenth. So, yeah. Uh... I just think tenth. The, re- the reason why I went with tenth, right, is I've be- when United lost Ronaldo, we had a lot of money to go and Three buy times. players. So when <laughs> three when, times um, anyone playing Ronaldo bingo. Yeah. When uh it'll be a few more. Um and then uh <laughs> I'd get into double figures. Um and I think you had the same problem with Bale. It's all well and good going and spending the money you've got, even on good players, right? Even on good players. But 
losing a player like that who guarantees you chances, right? Guarantees mm-hmm. you assists, guarantees you. Grealish also carried the ball so well. I mean, I I watched him last year at um, Old Trafford, and that was the single best performance at Old Trafford mm-hmm. last year. Grealish. But were they in right? danger of becoming a one-man team? Maybe. Him. And maybe, will, will this make them a better, more rounded maybe. team without that star there? In the long run, for top probably, yeah. but I think the short term is, is yeah. where you have to look at. I think what what he done very well is that they realised that he was going, so they needed players to carry his stats, essentially, split his stats out across players. So, you know, Buendia... Um, Bailey and we've got one other strike, but and Danny Ings, right? So between them, they're going to cover the goals and assists, and arguably uh, the two wingers are going to do the kind of the ball carries that Grealish did, and it's going to split that load that Grealish had on his shoulders. Granted, Grealish wasn't a goal scorer, so to speak, but he he did a lot for Villa. I think what the the their biggest thing is that they've invested quite a lot in the front line because obviously they did struggle last year to go for score goals. Yeah, but. The other part of that is that we spent quite a bit on the forward kind of line, which means they may open up a bit more uh, because they have this more, say, expressive front line. And they, I think other than, I think they got a Tenzebi on loan, which is a good loan deal. But still, you would look at that defence and you wouldn't necessarily say, on paper, it's not a defence that you're going to look at and be fearful of. For any team in the top 10... And I think even some teams in the bottom half would still look at that defence and fancy their chances. And and they're, they're good players. Way, no, no they're good players, but I think people will look at that defence and fancy fancy a go at it. Yeah, and 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 and, and it started that way, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. Mings and Konza last year. Look, I mean, at one point people were like Konza's got to go to the World Cup, um, to the Euros, isn't it? You know, and, and it, you know, it, you know, <laughs> and 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 uh, was it. Matty Cash is, is running down the right, you know, looking like Cafu and Target's having a great, great season on the left as well. And but there I still was no maintain... pressure on them last year, though, was there? Yeah. Without the fans, yeah. there's no pressure to express yourself, which is completely different this year. But I still maintain Grealish was able to carry a like he was able to get a ball in the halfway line and carry it, you know, forty yards up the pitch, you know, and draw fouls. They scored goals from set pieces, you know. They might very well make up the difference between them. But I mean, so when you've got Ollie Watkins back and you've got Bally, you've got Danny Ings, I know you've got to have a squad, but how does it all fit? You know, is Ollie Watkins going to play with Ings? Is it, you know, it, it's a change and they'll take time to find their feet. And I think that's why I think a lot of people had Villa doing quite well this season, you know, maybe like doing a West Ham. I don't see it because I just think. No. Like Mike said, I'm not so sure they're going to smash loads of goals in. And that defence last year, with their goalie, who, by the way, I think is a top top keeper, mm. um, can they can they do as well defensively? My my guess would be they won't. But I, you know, I that's 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 the I guess why I put them at tenth. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Where would you place them, Mike? I think tenth is about right. To be honest, you know, I, Villa they go on they go on a run. They they could finish a bit high. I think the problem is if you look at that from say, fifth down to tenth, any one of those teams could probably end up in any one of those places because there's not necessarily that much difference between any of them. I think most teams will look at those teams and go, really don't fancy playing them on their day. But I also think teams will also look at them and go, you probably get a point against them. Or you could probably nick three points. And I, I think that's how that 
five to ten goes. You know, just look at how we played against Leicester. I know they had a man sent off, but prior to that sending off, mm. you know, before that game, you go, oh, Leicester are a good team. But then you also go, God, he had a couple of injuries. Well, I reckon you can still have a go at them. And last year, we did have a go at them twice. We, we absolutely bullied them two games, uh, two games last year. This year, we bullied them before the, uh, the one man went off. And then after that, we absolutely obliterated them. It got a bit, it got a bit embarrassing, to be honest, because it was men against boys. But it's... There are no matter what. Whenever you look at anyone in that top five, there's every single one of them. You will always you can always point to two or three weaknesses where you go. If they're not on their game, one or two players not on their game, you can really get at the rest of the team. So I just think it's so interchangeable. And in that, I think that I think a good way to think of it is how many teams do you think this year, are Villa are going to do better at better than against them? I.e., they're going to get four points against you. You know, at least, yeah. you know, how many, how many teams do you think Villa are going to get for, you know, if I go, if you, if you went down the list, I'm not going to do it now, but if you went down the list, I wouldn't say there'd be many they're getting six against, no. you know, there might be a few they get four against and they're, you know, and then you start getting into the one win, one loss things. And then I think that top six, seven teams all would fancy getting six points against Villa. I'm not saying they will, because the Premier League doesn't work like that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that you know. I mean, certainly that that top four. I think if you want to win a league, teams like Villa, you need to get six points against, or a minimum yeah. four, and win the big games. You know that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, moving on, we've got a question from Mr. K again. I'm assuming Chelsea is the answer here. Who's the uh, best balanced team, and what is balance? I think yeah, Chelsea. I think the balance is uh, is having that. Every, every team is every, every team. Every part of the team is strong, and and one doesn't outweigh the other. I'd say. And, yeah, it's, it's a bit of that, but it's also the fact that it's that ability to whether they're in attack or defence, or whether they're facing overloads or not, that they are able to manage those situations. Whether it be one v ones, two v ones. It's how they manage those situations to present that bit of that balance. And I think if you look at Chelsea, for instance, that defensive unit is rock solid. If you look yeah. at it as an attacking unit, it's also solid. And that and that attacking unit and defensive unit includes both fullbacks. They're just intrinsic to how they play. Whether people yeah. rate them or not is, is another question. But the fact is that they are so intrinsic to what Chelsea do. And that midfield has that that balance in that midfield of you have that guile and ability to find space, pass between the lines, and seem to be completely press resistant in Jorginho. Most people say, oh, what's he do? He does a, a hell of a lot on the ball. Mm. You have then Kante, who is that little terrier that will just stop attacks before they even develop. You know, they win quite a bit of the ball in the in the final third, you know, or in the opposition's half, because someone like Kante just presses relentlessly. Same with Kovacic, but then as Ben pointed out earlier. Kovacic is great running with the ball and Kante's developed that as well. So they have that ability in midfield to mix it up. They can change that tactic to manage anything. And even in their defence, if they need, they can play out from the back. They can be expansive and expressive. If they've got to be tight and compact, they can do that. They need to be aggressive and in your face. They have that as well. It's just they are interchangeable no matter what, into every game. And I think that's what balance is. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that is, I think that's spot on. I, I think, I think Tuchel has a squad that can play two or three ways. Yeah. All right. I think Pep is all, Pep's going to Pep, right? He's going to, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be Pep, right? Klopp, Klopp pretty much, I mean, Klopp is starting to think about playing like, you know, 
one less midfield player, isn't he? He bought Thiago. It didn't really work. Um, you know, they had those three workmen like the season where they were so good and it kind of messed up and last season a little bit. I know that they lost Van Dijk and that's a huge loss, but but I think that's balance. Is is I look at I look at Chelsea when they went down to ten men against Liverpool, right? I don't think there's many teams that would have mm. done what they did against Liverpool, right? And 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 they can they can like and like you said, I think going back to players coming from leagues, Jorginho took a season. Yeah, to, mm. you know he was he didn't realise how fast you get pressured in the Premier League, and he got you know. And there was a time where people were like thinking, right, let him have the ball because I'm going to get it. Right, and he's mm. he's completely come round to that. That's an intelligent footballer, right? It's very and similar you know, to Modric, he took a little while, Modric, and then now look yeah. at him. Yeah, and I think some players do need that. Some don't. Some do. But you know, um, but I think Mike's right. That's balance, and I, and I think that's the difference between Chelsea and City, or basically Chelsea and and and, and everyone. And I think United, in fairness to us, we we can play a couple of ways. We're not the same i think we i think on our day can be as good as a, a counter-attacking team we can be i think where sometimes we struggle is where teams just literally sit off and because you know mctominy fred potentially they're not they're not the best ball players in the world and you know that's where maybe one you know this season we might have to bring van der beek in deeper or you know pogba deeper you know and see if you know the games where you're going to dominate the ball um, and ollie's got to learn that but on top of the balance thing I just think that Tuchel is a bit special. I actually, I actually do think that. And I don't, don't get me wrong. You, you know, you, you, Pep's a great manager. Klopp's a good manager. But I think if you were asking me of those three, which one I would want at United, it'd be Tuchel. And I don't fair. like back threes. I don't like back threes. I, I would much prefer always to play a back four. I mean, but. The thing is, well, like you know, I know for a fact as well this one. But most managers are obviously quite meticulous. But I know. To Tuchel is like fastidious and incredibly attention detailed. I know full well that when Lampard went, he was given a report on a scout team or on a on the opposition, and he went, "That's not what I want. I want this." And it got made even bigger, more in depth, and far more detail. And I know for a fact that that happened. And since then, those reports have been that way, and. Obviously, it's paid dividends when you look at how they're set up against the likes of Man City and so on, and how they've, you know, gone against. Well, against, we yeah, let's just say City because City were are, are and were exceptional at times last year. But they made City, well, they controlled City like most teams could only dream of controlling them last year. And as Ben said, the game against Liverpool to go down ten men and manage that game as they did is, you know, is something else really. I think I think as well, like Christensen as well, right? Christensen, like I was really impressed with Christensen at the Euros, and he sort of stepped in like to that Thiago Silva role, and he's looking top, a top centre back to me. Uh, uh, he's a player. Three, he's a good player in a yeah, two. He's, he's shady. Yeah, I yeah, think there's much, shady he's a Connor Cody. Yeah, but but yeah, he, you know, uh, and I think, you know, you look at that, like last year, I might have said, oh, Christensen, Thiago's out, Christensen's in, you know, this season, you look at it, right, and Chilwell can't get a game. Chilwell, Chilwell at the mm. moment can't get a game with Alonso. They're getting rid of Zuma. I think Zuma's a, a good player. I'm not going to say great, but I think he's a good player, right? Yeah. They don't need him. Surplus. You know, they've got Thiago, Christensen, Rudiger, who was like in the wilderness with Lampard come back in he's, he's a right tutorial type of player aggressive you know 
no, the right hand side, Aspilicueta, you've got um, Reese James. Shame. I mean, I mean, the depth there is nuts. I mean, there is a question mark if Lukaku was to go out, you know, who's going to be prolific for them? But I mean, even then, you know, the Werner, like he scored a couple of goals for Germany or something the other night. I mean, you know, he, he does miss chances, but he's a threat. He's a constant I think threat. also Chelsea as well, <clears throat> they score first, they're probably winning. They're so difficult to break down that yeah. if they think that they're not going to score again, their answer is just try and score against us. And mm. as proved under Tuchel uh, last year, winning 1-0 is, you know, an art form for him. <laughs> be yeah. like the old school Arsenal, you know. I'll be honest Arsenal. though, I think Spurs will be like that this year. I think that's Nuno as well. I, f- I think, uh, you know, when United played Wolves, I think about six, it seemed like every other weekend at one point, United were playing Wolves, like in every cup competition and everything. <laughs> and, and like, we, I, think we, I think it was always like nil-nil, one-one, you know, very rarely when Wolves under Nuno scored first, did teams, come, I, and I might be wrong, I've got no stats in front of me, but it felt like you were like, oh, it's one of those teams you didn't want to go one-nil down against, you know. And I think Spurs might be like that this year, you know, because... Because they're good on the break. Son, you know, they, you know, Kane, the, you know, Bergwin, Lucas, whoever, take your pick. You know, they're all speedies, you know. Mm. And, you know, I, I think there's a few teams like that, but I think Mike's right. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think it's, um, yeah, I think Mike's right. Of all the teams, like City will always give you chances. I think Liverpool, when they were at their dominant best defensively, that might be the sort of closest thing to Chelsea, you know, when they went. But, you know, mm. we'll see as the season goes. Yeah, in terms of balanced, uh, Mr K says, did Leicester have a balanced team when they won the league? I think they must have done because they obviously knew their strengths, which was Vardy and Mares, and the rest of the team was built to make sure they weren't easy to beat. They had Kante. As, as well as, um, yeah, as well as... Um, Kante, Kane and Mares. In those two. I mean, you know how good yeah, a player Kante was. Season of his career as well, didn't you? Like, everyone knows players stepped up, like Hoof. You know, yeah. Basically, it was... Oops. <laughs> yeah, they also was, benefited as well that all the top teams uh, had a bad one or, or dropped. Yeah, yeah but you've like, so got, got, yeah. got to be there. It's it's like Moneyball, wasn't it? You know, it's this team that was just this ragtag uh, tag team just chucked together, and but they all fitted perfectly with mm. each other. Yeah. And so I think that, you have to they say they're balanced. They were balanced. Yeah. They didn't. It shows you how good though. Out. It shows you how good Kante is, right? That he made Danny Drinkwater look well class. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he yeah, did. I mean, people, right. people were like Danny Drinkwater, get him in the England squad. It's like he's he's been under twenty threes. He was getting in a fight with a United sixteen-year-old last week or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. G- moving on, uh, Brentford. <laughs> I love that, Chris. Moving on. Oh well, well, I get told that everyone needs to go to bed and all that, and then you know we're only on Brentford here. Uh, Brentford. Uh, I'm really pleased that they got through to the Premier League. I always quite like it when um a team who've never been in it, come up. Uh, Tony obviously scored hatfuls in the um, Championship. He got his first one for in the Premier League uh, not that long ago. I think it must have been the last game, so hopefully that will be that weight off his shoulders. Ben's got them 14th, which is quite high. I'm assuming you think, Ben, they're going to score a lot of goals, which, as you know, as people know, relegation battles, you, you're not going to beat the Man Cities, the Liverpools, the Chelsea's. Think- it's about making sure the teams around you at the bottom, you win. And if you score goals, you I just think chance. they bought well. I just think they bought well. I liked the Ajar guy from Celtic. Is that, I don't know how you say his name. I thought he was a decent player up there. You know, I 
they've got someone who's they've got someone who scores goals. They've got someone who scores goals. I think that's important. And I think they it's not like someone scores goals, but now we're in the Premier League, he'll play up front on his own, we'll get no one near him. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, they're, they're, in the games that I've seen, and there's been a commitment to try and play, right? And to get people, I mean, I think against Arsenal, they played two up top. I, think I, might, I might be wrong. They just played two up top and said, well, we'll, we'll see how we go. You know, they got nothing to lose. And of all the promoted teams, I would say they're the ones I would think would finish highest. Yeah. Yeah, what I do you think, think, Mike, Brentford? Yeah, with, with Brentford, I'm glad they came up. I think they deserved it. You know, um, they were unlucky last time round. Uh, which obviously then ends up seeing him having to sell the likes of Watkins and, and Ben Rama. Um, but again, with Brentford, you lose a player, it doesn't really mean much because they've got such a good, smart, clever scouting team that they always find someone else to come in. Um, but th- they'll be a bit like with Leeds. They won't change for anyone. Yeah. They will go into every game and they'll attack every, every game. They won't show any team really any respect. And great, why should they? You know, I think there's too much of that in the Premier League where teams show each other too much respect and either turns to a bit of a drab affair or, the, the you know, the expected team wins because, you know, someone's not gone for it. And Brentford, to be fair to them, I don't think they'll do that this year. They'll just go into every game saying, well, we are what we are. We play a certain way and we're not going to change that just because we're saying playing against Man City. Obviously, they're all through it a bit. They're not that naive. But ultimately, they're going to be true to themselves. And I think in a league where if you were adopt that they'll do what what Leeds did last year what Bournemouth did in years before they'll go into games and they'll spank a team but some games they might get turned over because they've shown a bit of naivety defensively because the Premier League is so unforgiving one mistake yeah. and that can be a mistake in your forward or it can be a mistake in your midfield it doesn't matter where it is you know it's going to get punished whereas in the championship you could make it you can make problems you can make mistakes in your own defence and still get away with it sometimes whereas in the Premier League I think they'll at times, they will be brilliant, they will excite, they will be sublime and they will score loads of goals. But in other games, they will probably get caught out for being a yeah. bit naive. And, and they've got the bounce start. They've got the bounce yeah. start, yeah. which is it all any, for any uh, like promoted team. Because when Watford won opening day, I was a bit like, ooh. You know, but, you know, you know it, 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 mm. they got that bounce start. Now, there'll be, there'll be three or four game spells where they don't win anything. They, that will happen. Because, you know, that's what that's what's Mike's saying. But I think... There's just enough in them, a commitment. What I liked about them when I saw them playing against Arsenal, they, they seemed to get the ball out to their wingers one-on-one, or mm. wingbacks, whatever it was, one-on-one a lot. And I like that, you know, coming from like United, I, you know, the best United teams did that. They isolated and then just said, have a go. Ten times a game, you nine times you might be unsuccessful, but that one time, we'll get them. Well, you know. That Arsenal game, I think, was the perfect game for them. I mean, the first time their fans have seen them in the Premier League, the first time their fans have been back at stadium for, I don't know, 18 months. And pretty much anyone who watches football could tell you that they'd have been up for that. And yet Arsenal decided that they weren't going to be in, was almost looked surprised by it, which I, I think Brentford will do well at home. I think, like Leeds, do well at home, away from home, maybe not so bad. But, I mean, they've got a goal scorer, which the next team still don't think have Brighton and uh, Ben you you said last year if they had had Harry Kane they'd have been pushing for Europe which uh, let's see where you've put them here at 11th so I'm assuming you think they have a striker now which uh, I thought they'd buy a striker or do you think think more pay can step up there because they they play some lovely stuff it's just last year I mean against you I think they hit the bar three times (laughs) ended up losing 3-2 yeah good angles 
but yeah, I like, but, 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 <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I mean, again, I said, I said earlier about Grealish being the best, like the best individual performance of a opposing team at Old Trafford last year. That game early in the season, like you're talking, about, I know we we hadn't had any pre-season, but they could have got seven. I mean, I mean, you know, they they were they were really really good, and a bit like you talk about, you know, Declan Rice with West Ham, and you talk about Kane with um, Spurs. Keeping Basuma seems like almost yeah, unbelievable. Well, like I couldn't, I can't believe he stayed. And, well, like um, Kane, that's going to be a question mark in January, isn't it? Because he's been linked with um, yeah, away but, ever since. So that's going to be a yeah. question in January whether they can keep him again for another window. But in the chart, in the chart that I did, I did think they were going to buy a striker. I, 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 I didn't see any scenario where they weren't going to go. And you know, I, I was hoping they were going to like get like Tammy Abraham on loan or something. You know, something like that. You know. Um, so would you move them down now then? Now I think I probably haven't? would, but not by many. I'm not, I don't think they're going to get relegated, but I, you know, I, I would probably bump them down one or two, I think. I think seeing Wolves against us, I know the Wolves have lost all three games, but I think Wolves will actually do a bit better than I thought they might this season. I thought Wolves, you know, but, uh, but yeah. So, but again, I like Potter. I mean, again, it plays, plays his way, seems to get best out of players. Brighton as a whole, they seem to buy well. They bought that Salcedo kid in midfield who United were linked with. Um, seen a bit of him. He looks pretty good. They just bought the left back for the, from the bar. Uh, he played for Villarreal. Yeah, Curiella. Curiella, who I've seen a bit of as well. Looks looks good, you know. Um, but yeah, I do like, <laughs> I do like, um, <laughs> I do like Brighton. I think, you know, one of those teams, if they're on, if they're on TV, I I'd, I'd like to watch Brighton. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal ladies could probably take on their men's team, Mr. K. He, he, I mean, he still can't spell Arsenal. He, he can't do it. That rivalry it, but... burns, didn't it? That's a deep, <laughs> yeah, a deep yeah, rivalry. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you've got to be careful with all this mocking Arsenal because we're playing them in three <laughs> games. And it's North London derby. It's about who wants it more. but um, And it's at Arsenal, so the fans will be up for it. But yeah, uh, Mike, Brighton, uh, 11th for you, a bit lower for you. Um, yeah, I think I agree with Ben that had they got a striker, I think... Uh, we would have seen him in a much better place. You know, I'm surprised they didn't go all out for someone like Eduard, who ended up going to Palace. Um, I think someone like that would have changed it, but I think, also think there was um, a prohibitive piece around his wages. I think that was probably one of the reasons, and it would have broken their wage structure had they gone for him or taken him. Um, but arguably, they had a striker. I think they would be pushing up. You know, last year they were the expected goals kings. Uh, had they had the person to be putting those goals in, they probably would have been in Europe last year. Um, mm. They were incredibly hard to break down. They were creating chances for fun and they, they were doing that against the big teams as well. They just had no one to convert. Um, yeah. You know, and for a West Ham fan, they always give us a nervous twitch because we just can't seem to beat them any season, which is getting really repetitive now. Um, but again, it's... <laughs> It, they, they've bought smartly out of the, the Ben White money, you know, but like Wepu is another one who's another great signing um, for that midfield, but it's who's going to score. You know, you've got Trossard, he'll probably come in with a ha you know a handful of goals. Super no Danny Welbeck, again, but... Super Danny Welbeck. <laughs> but then again, it's Welbeck, you need to get him on the, on the pitch, don't you? So <laughs> it's, uh, you just look at Brighton and go, they've got the constituent parts to be actually a good team and a team that's starting to develop and try and push in that top half or past that mid-table uh, kind of scene. But until they get the striking position sorted, I, I can't see them being any more than being around mid-table, to be honest. 
Yeah. Another question for you, Ben, for Mr. K. Uh, everyone likes Potter. Is he really any good top six club manager? And, and I'll be honest, uh, before you told me about we should get Potter when uh, Jose was fired, I didn't really think about it. And then the more I thought about it, he reminded me of Poch. Uh, got a way of playing, an attractive way of playing, keep the ball. Uh, he just obviously think... just didn't have the striker there. But um, do, do you, I mean, he, he's obviously got something, hasn't he? He managed yeah. a, a, a foreign team. I can't remember who. who Sweden, Oster, Osterlands, well Osterlands, wasn't yeah. it? Whatever. I think they beat Arsenal too. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. Uh, but 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 I think I think it was. Um, I think the thing about Potter is, is a bit like Mike says, they're, they're going to play that way. Could he be good in the top six? The answer is you're never going to know till he goes. But I think, I think he definitely has earned a chance. Mm. He's working with you know players that cost very very little. And like Mike says, I, I I do get a bit fed up of the XG nonsense. But at the end of the day, you know, just visually watching the games, um, just you know, visually like the, watching the games, they look decent to play with. I I. You know, I, I would be happy to see my team playing that way. Basuma, I think, you know, will probably move even in in, in January or, or the summer. Um, I'd have happily had Basuma at United. Uh, you know, that that mm. I, I think he's. I think, I think we were know. half linked with. Yeah, him. yeah, I think he's a really good player. You know, Trossard, I, I might agree with Mike, but I just I think he I think he could do it because I think if you give him a project, if you said to him, right, you got three years, right. I think the reason why I picked him out for Spurs was because at the time when Mourinho was playing, I was hearing you every week say they're not he's not playing any good football. It's boring, you know, I don't you know, you know, it's horrible football. <laughs> and I know that being a United fan, being there, right? So what you want is someone with a bit of hope. And I think he would have been a good for the identity of Spurs. Like, I think personally a better fit than Nuno. But you know, free at free, you know, everyone's gonna like, we'll see where it is at the end of the season and see how people like Nuno at the end of the season. Because I know a couple of Wolves fans, and I think it did sour. You know, they, they didn't, they didn't, yeah, you know, yeah. didn't love it. So, so you know, we'll see. But I do think, yeah, my answer to the question is: Is he good for top four? Maybe not now, but I think he's a manager that you could take a top eight team and make. He could do like a Leicester with someone. I think he's he's that type of manager. I think. I think you have to look at what he's achieved at Brighton, and I think what you actually have to do is you need to look at how does he play against the big teams, not necessarily teams around him, because that's almost an irrelevance. What you want to see is how does he manage against those top teams with the side that he has? And the answer was very well. And had he had a striker, he may have won a fair few of those. You know, they tested Man City and they really kind of drove them until obviously they eventually collapsed and lose, um, as they had against most big boys. But ultimately, they, they have very little weaknesses under Potter, and most of those parts are the same ones that are under Hewton, where you would say you can get out if you get at them, then they'll roll over and you can just tickle them a bit like Arsenal with their soft underbelly. You know, it's you have to look at how does he do against those big teams. And if he's doing really well against those, then you have to go, well, maybe if you can then say if that style can be replicated with better players, uh in a better system, shall we say, for identifying uh where they sit tactically and having better scouts, better information, but all of these things that are probably more elite. He arguably should elevate with that or at least be supported to a point of where he's going to get good results. And I think the thing is as well, the point is, is he a top six? Well, what is a top six team at the moment? Because I don't I mean, think is, any is, team... I mean, is Oli... You know yeah. I mean? I mean, no one... I mean, no one would have said when Marino went, oh, let's go and get Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. 
No, exactly. You know, you know I mean, but you know, United we're, fans are calling him the gym teacher for yeah, like, the PE teacher. Yeah, I mean, so so I mean, I mean, the, the, the truth, the truth of the matter is, a lot of it, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying Graham Potter could take my Sunday League team and perhaps make us Premier League champions, right? You know, there there's a limit to talent, and you need you need. But I think the point is, is you can you can buy if he could have gone out this summer and what did what did Abraham go to? Roma for 30 million it was about 35 yeah, something about like that. Something I'm like sure that. the wages were massive but you know whatever right you know I mean he can't spend 30 he can't spend 20 million on a striker you know I mean I don't know what happened to Batshuayi wherever he went but you know or or the Edward guy from Celtic all these players that I'm sure they'd have been interested they can't compete so you put him in a team where he can right he mm. can go and get you know go and get a player you want you know it's a bit like what Mike was saying about West Ham you know you know Antonio's going down, but you know their owners aren't going to put, you know, thirty million pound in for a backup striker because the manager says they need it. There's some there's restrictions at these clubs, you know. That's like my club doesn't necessarily have. I mean, you know, I think we could all we could all agree here we would like our owners out, but that's but, but it's very different. I, I, even I accept that. You know, I'm, we're spending hundred whatever million it is on one player. You know, it's very easy to get on your soapbox about it, but. But the fact about Potter is, is that I am convinced that he would play the same way. And if you play the same way and my eyes tell me when I watch them that they're playing well, when you then lift the level of quality of footballer, right, then I think you just play better and better and better. I think he's almost like the way like Pep does his thing. You know, he Pep, Pep plays that way. Potter has his way. But I mean, if you, if you, took, man, if you took Brighton's players and put them in City's squad... And Pep tried to play, they wouldn't win the league. You know, yeah. I'm pretty sure Potter would finish above Pep if he swapped the squads. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Ollie there. He's got a load more experience than Arteta. Stick with him. I don't think you'll get rid of him, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I have to be honest, but... I'm a big Ollie fan. I, I'm just saying that at the point you have to give these people chances. You know, you, ha- mm-hmm. you have to, you have to, you know, and in you know, Arteta, what managerial experience did he have apart from sitting in a dugout next to Pep? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and then moving on from Brighton, a very similar team next. Uh, good manager who's who's been there for a while. Um, that's not similar to Brighton, but a, a manager who was linked with a higher team, Burnley. Uh, I like Burnley. I like Sean Dyche, and Aaron Lennon's gone back there again. I love Aaron Lennon. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, where have you got them? 16th. They're, they're always skirting around that area, and... Uh, it just shows the value of they went down, stuck with him, came straight back up and haven't gone down since. Um, but yeah, 16th, you think it'll be a bit of a tricky one for them. And Yeah, I think it's going to be another tough season for them, isn't it? You know, they got, surprisingly, you know, um, almost Brexit FC, Burnley, went out and bought a Frenchman. So that, that was a bit of a surprise. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, you know, Sean Dyche is, let's face it, he's done miracles at that club, isn't he? Like, you know, it's the sum of its parts. It should, it shouldn't be in a Premier League, and that's not. I know that sounds derisory and all that, but when you look at the size of that club for what they've managed in the Premier League, shouldn't be achievable because of the amount of money you see spent everywhere. So what he's done is truly phenomenal. But there's going to come a point where what he keeps doing isn't going to work anymore in terms of because everyone is spending so much more money. I think he's been quite lucky in the fact that Norwich have come up and don't look like they've done very much. We'll comment on that in a bit. Yeah. But, 
you know, it, you look at Burnley go, they're there. If you flirt with relegation enough times, it's going to bite you in the ass at one point. Just have to ask Middlesbrough, just ask West Ham. Okay, just, that, that's that's what Mr. K that. says. They've run out of steam, 16th to 20th. So pretty much e- echoing oh, your uh, yeah. Again, again, there. again, like Pep's going to Pep Dice is going to Dice, isn't he? You know, I mean, like you know, they, they, you know exactly what you're getting. You're getting Ben, me, and Tarkovsky, right? You're getting, you know, they've got that. I think the quite wonderful player, the um, ex United young you? kid, Dwight. Yeah, won't McNeil. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I mean, you know, I'm a bit surprised. Again, they kept him. You know, but they have. So again, maybe the, his little bit of quality will, will will do it. And again, with Chris Wood, they do have someone who can score goals. It, it, like yeah. you know, you look at some of these teams and you think, where are they, who's their striker? Who's scoring the goals? But you know, and I think that's maybe why I would just put them just outside the relegation zone. But I agree with the the, the chat. I think you could pick the. I think I think the bottom six teams in my list. I think you could almost put them in any order. Yeah, I think Norwich I think... will probably finish bottom, but you know. Yeah, I mean, next team, Chelsea. We've spoken about them a lot, and this is a Spurs podcast, and we're giving them a lot of props, so we don't have to talk about them too much because we've already done it quite a lot. But second, you've got Ben, which I'm assuming you think second, but wouldn't be on the realms of winning it, wouldn't be on the realms of finishing third. But, yeah, I mean, keep it brief. We've spoken about them a lot, and, yeah. I think one thing I'd say is if you finish above Chelsea this year, you'll win the league. Yeah. I think last year they missed goals. Lukaku brings up, which puts them on a par with Man City. So I echo what Ben says. You finish above City, as you finish above Chelsea, you're winning the league this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nice and yeah, short and sweet with Chelsea. But we, but Chelsea fans, we have spoken about Chelsea a lot, so it's not literally uh, derogatory there. Uh, the next one, I, I literally have no idea what to make of them. <laughs> Palace, Vieira in charge. They lost half of their players because they they, they were, went out on uh, uh, their contracts ended. A uh, completely new system you'd expect with Vieira. They have got uh, is it Edward from Celtic that we've mentioned who will score yeah, goals. One day, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, what do you think, Mike? We've uh, just outside yeah, relegation so, zone, Ben. But I, I think I think they'll finish tenth to seventeenth. You could make a case for Palace to finish anywhere there because yeah, I think because it's the new manager. They haven't had the new manager bounce right the first two games they looked pretty out of it. But again, you can say largely new team still need someone like, um, still waiting for Eze, for instance, also to come back. Who's a big player for him. Um, again, Edward is good. That now means they've got Marteta, uh, Edward, uh, Benteke and Ayu as a front four. So there are goals there. Um, you know, they kept Zaha again, but that's because no one's willing to pay those ridiculous fees yeah. that they're asking for. Um, He's in a similar position to Kane, isn't he? I think the thing is, is how they played against us in the last game caught us a bit because they went, had a very strong defensive midfield and they had a defensive fullback. So they were quite defensive, but they had, which just allowed those front players to be quite expressive. And um, Conor Gallagher, is it Conor Gallagher? Anyway, Gallagher from Chelsea, Yeah. yeah. He, he had a really good game and he just kept finding loads of pockets of space because they were just allowed, those front guys were just allowed just to be forward players. So it, they could be an interesting one. I kind of look back at how Nice were with uh, Vieira before and that they had a bit of a bounce that did quite well. But ultimately, they kind of struggled to have a real kind of identity and real kind of plan. 
The transfers seem to be quite obvious. They're going for a younger talent and looking to build. But what made Palace always so good was that they were very, very hard to beat because they had very strong physical players that worked very well in a tight uh, kind of uh, contained unit and worked really well on the counter. And with Vieira coming in, if you look at some of the signings, they're a lot more technical based and there's a lot less of that mm. physical kind of uh, approach to them. So I think it's really hard to tell on them because it's so it's such a new team in, in many ways. Yeah. It's a brand new manager. They're one of those teams I don't think you're really gonna we're really gonna figure out what they are and what they could be until about 10, yeah. 15 games in. But yeah. I think as as Ben put it, they could be anywhere in that top, that bottom piece they could even push i don't think they were pushing to the top 10 i think the top 10 is almost guaranteed in many ways hmm. um it, but it's the it's the order of the top 10 which is thing and i think that bottom 10 i think is also quite set i just don't see anyone really breaking into the top 10 that's going to surprise anyone this year maybe leads if anyone but i think it's, I, I think Palace. I think Palace. I would. I would definitely have them in the bottom six this year. I mean, I mean, I mean, even even if even if they have what I would consider a good season, I think they'd be in the bottom six because it's got to get like you say. It's because new way of playing, and I just think so much. They rest... tried that before, didn't they? Frank you, you, DeBoer, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I Mr. K said that. Yeah, Mr. K said <laughs> they could go down, sack their manager by January. Big Sam to Palace. He's not relegation specialist anymore. He went down, um, <laughs> but they, they, they tried it going a bit more. You you mentioned it, uh, uh, Mike. They were always hard to beat and vigid. They tried uh, something different with De Boer. Didn't win, I think, for five games and then sacked him. So it could be this. But then you've seen other teams who are like that who then go that way and then that's progressed them. So it's really a, it's a toss of a coin for Palace whether they have a good season. I think or bad they are season. the most. I think yeah. they are they are the most unknown team in the league. Mm. That, yeah. that, that, that's what I would yeah. say. I would say that they're, the, they're the toss of the coin. But I would I, I just can't see them not conceding goals. I think they're going to concede goals. And, and I think and that's how I look at it. You know, even against us in that we didn't play very well. They played fairly well defensively, but they still gave us quite a few chances. And on another day, we would have got the points. But, you know, I think, a lot of, I think Conor Gallagher is a really good sign. I think he was really good last mm. year at West Brom. Mm. I, th- you know, I think, you know, he was, every time I saw them play, but he was good. Um, I, I think... A lot of it will again rest on Zaha and Eze when Eze's back from his injury. You know how well Eze can come back. I think it's fine having strikers, but they've got to get the ball. You know, so I think a lot will depend on them. And and I think if Zaha has a good season, they'll survive. I think if 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 they were to have, if Zaha was to have a pretty poor season, then I, I think they could be in trouble. I think I've, I I I remember exactly what I put, but I sort of see them Southampton as kind of similar teams. Like like they could be. They could go three or four places up or they could get relegated. You know, they're that type of team. Yeah. I mean, next, another another kind of unknown quantity, Everton, uh, with the, <laughs> the old enemy manager who's gone there, which, uh, you know, quite strange there when he, he went. Uh, you've got them eighth, which, again, I think they could have a really good season, finish above eighth. They could have a pretty bad season, finish in the bottom half, not a relegation level, but... Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think of them, Mike? I think they can finish anywhere within the top eight to, you know, the, well, they could probably finish eighth or anywhere down to like 14th, to be honest, with Everton. You don't know, do you? I, I think the problem with Everton, they've got, you look and go, Calvin Lewin's going to score goals. 
Richarlison will also score goals. But at the same hand, they're both quite streaky in that respect. So are they going to consistently bring in those goals to the team? And you look around and you go, you know, well, Iwobi is... I, I don't know what's going on with Iwobi anymore. Um, they love a winger. They tend to go out and buy wingers more than strikers. I know they've bought in Rondon this summer, which is obviously a good deal. Uh, Tamari Gray and Tom, uh, Townsend have come in. So again, they're both the smart, cheap deals. But they've they've actually they've, they've spent nothing this summer. Their only player they've bought is Tamari Gray, and everyone else has been on a free. Mm. And that's only uh, Townsend and Rondon. So would you say Everton have improved their squad from last yeah. season? I, I, I think I, I think Benitez improves them. Yeah, he'll make like defensive. Not, not in terms of good football. No, but there'll be there'll be a lot more structure in yeah. their, their play. But whether it's if they got the players in there that are going to go out and win them that tight game, I yeah. don't think they they will. To be honest. I don't know. I just yeah. I look at Everton and I think had they had a good summer and got some uh, improved at centre midfield, probably got a you know maybe a right back to kind of go on from Coleman. And then, you know, maybe some proper kind of uh, real kind of playmaker. Um, you know, could, Sigurdsson's been hot and cold and, you know, there's been rumours about him. So uh, there, there are elements when you look at Everton and just go, is it even there? And obviously they had James Reedus, who last year at one point looks like, oh, the guy's back and then fell off the face. Well, of I mean, they were, they, were in for, um, they were in for Van der Beek on transfer deadline yeah. day. So I think that tells you everything you need to know about what they think they've got as a number 10 situation. Yeah. So I think, and I, I just think Benitez, he does know the Premier League. I'm not saying Ancelotti was a bad coach. Clearly Ancelotti is not a bad coach, but I do think Ancelotti is a little more, well, I'm not going to get relegated with him. I'm probably not going to win much. We'll give it a go. We'll see how we go. Mm. I think Benitez is, is a bit more astute. I think the football will be dull. I think Benitez is a dull manager. That's just a personal opinion. That's nothing to do with the fact that he used to be Liverpool manager. But like he... <laughs> at all, not at all. Um, and that's a fact. And yeah, and I think uh, he, uh, but I do think he does get he does get results. I think you saw that with Newcastle. You know, in an average squad, you know, and did did, did quite well there. And uh, you know, I think Benitez is, is the difference between them finishing like twelfth and eighth. I think he, he'll he'll be yeah, that I difference. Mean, Mr. K pretty much echoes that. They'll Benitez will keep him in the top half. So. Eighth is probably right there in that respect. Yeah. Uh, dull football to probably the most attractive in the league, apart from the top four leads. I, I mean, super exciting to watch. I mean, most of their games could finish 4 4. Um, but yeah, I mean, where have you got them? Uh, I think you're about 11th, have you? So- 12th, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know where they finished last season, but I, I imagine it was somewhere similar to that. Position, I think, it's going to be much of the same, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned it, Ben, uh, with uh, Pep and Deich. Uh, Bielsa does what Bielsa does. He ain't going to change that philosophy. It's attack, attack, yeah. attack, and then try and outscore the opposition. I mean, you, I think I just think, for me, you saw their frailties first game of the season. You know, I think, I think the... Um, you know, I know Gary Neville went on and said, oh, I love Leeds. You know, and they're getting panned <laughs> six six one or whatever. You know, and, and that's great, and I understand what he's saying. But you know, you you he wouldn't have loved him if it was the other way round, though. I tell you, no, no, no. All, all, all I'm saying is, I do think I, I again, nothing to do with his leads, but I just think there is a bit <laughs> OTT. I think they've got some wonderful players. Like, like I said earlier, I think Rafinha is a is a top player. 
Um, Calvin I, I, Phillips has completely yeah. transformed his um, stock after the year, though. Yeah, I think he's a good player, but I, I just, I just don't see them winning enough games to be anywhere other than sort of just below mid-table. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think they get relegated. Although I could see a scenario where, like, you know, if Bamford was out or something, and they, they, they can't score goals, because like, I, I always think they're going to concede goals yeah, yeah. I, and, I, and i just that that's my fear in this league if you don't score goals you're toast and especially if you can't keep clean sheets so yeah, i think i mean you know yeah what do you think of bamford mike do you think he'll uh, have the not second season syndrome for a striker but do you think a lot of uh defenders would have found him out a little bit now or do you think he's the real deal so it doesn't really matter if they know how to defend against him his movement and finishing is going to get him the hat full of goals that he got last season i mean I and he's going to be crucial to them isn't he they yeah. score goals and they have to outscore teams to win because they don't really have that great defence. I think that, to be fair, I think their biggest player is Rafinha, to be honest, over at Bamford, um, in all honesty. And I think Dan James would also be a more important player than Bamford. Um, Bamford is intrinsic to how they play with a striker because it's high press, relentless pressing, uh, and he has good energy and you know his movement does find him spaces. But I do think he can get marked out of games and it has happened quite a bit in games. Um, but he, he does operate quite well as a poacher when he needs to. Um, Leeds, for me, just remind me a bit of Brentford, um, Bournemouth, to be honest, back in the day. They'll come up, they'll go gung-ho against some teams and some teams will absolutely level them and then the next week they'll get absolutely smashed. So mm-hmm. it's the, there's a very good team in there, but I think there's still a lot of naivety within that. You know, any team that has a manager called El Loco I think you can understand that they're going to be slightly schizophrenic in how they play, right? One minute they're going to be this glorious team <laughs> who are a joy to be around, and other times you will look at it and go, "What is this hot mess?" Because and Bielsa is not shy about leaving any either. No, you know if, if he no. thinks something ain't going, Bielsa will just be like, "I'm done. I'm off. I'm off tonight." He's done it. He's done it mid-season. He's done it. Did he, do it? he didn't did it after Lazio after nine days. He yeah. joined Lazio. Yeah. We'll turn up at the training ground. Went, no, I don't fancy it, and left. <laughs> He's the Larry David of football managers. <laughs> you know, well, he's, he's brilliant. Like, he genuinely is a brilliant guy, but um, they've not really invested very much. You know, they, they got Furpo, that's a good good player at left back. So, you know, that's an improvement over, I think it was Dallas playing there last season. Although Dallas had a good year. They had the Alioski kid, didn't they, there as well? Yeah, Alioski, yeah, Alioski, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I think, yeah, sorry, I think Dallas was playing right back, right wing yeah. back, and then uh, Alioski left. So, you know, that is improvement. Dan James is a good player. You know, yeah. they've kept Jack Harrison, but again, he also played left wing back, but he's more attack-minded. And I do, I do think, though, defensively, in the centre-back pairing, I do, whilst they're decent players, I don't, you know, I don't think Cooper is, uh, you know, is, it's hard for me to say he's not a top top 10 player after last season, what Dawson did for West Ham, because he, quite frankly, isn't a top 10 player, but players can play, if they're in the right team and the right setup. They suit it, and at the moment Cooper suits it. But I do also think that the reason he suits it because he's a very good leader for them and an organizer. So if he was to get injured, I think their defense then does get impacted. And they are that team that, whilst they're very good in transition and getting back, they can still be kind of picked apart, and they're not necessarily the strongest team at set pieces. And in the Premier League, if you're not great at set pieces, you will get punished. Yeah, I mean, Mr. K said they're on a budget, which is quite similar to what you said. Said there, if they spend more, they go top ten. That'll take a few years, but then <laughs> we'll be able to be there, and we'll be a different manager there. Exactly. He's also is someone like Calvin Phillips going to be there? I know he's yeah. 
at the moment he's shown great loyalty to Leeds, but it might come a point where he goes, I want to win something. And if Leeds yeah. don't look like we're doing that, at some point you have to look at your best players and go, they're possibly going to leave regardless of how sentimental they are about your club. Mm. Ultimately, sometimes when a big club comes calling, you get a certain point in your career, you, you go. Yeah. Or just get them a sign on the contract and assure them there's a gentleman's agreement. Cause that <laughs> um, but yeah. Next, Leicester. I mean, you've got them fifth, Ben, which if that happened, that's three years on the trot, which is going to be hard for them to take. Look, I, Leicester, mean, yeah. I mean, Vardy's still a main guy for them. And, and, and you know, Vardy's getting older now. But even if he's lost a, a yard of pace, he's still quicker than most. They're a good players. team, man. And, 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 yeah, I mean, they've bought quite well as well. Soinch, who this year looks a bit... Mm, to me, he's making quite a lot of mistakes. Yeah, which Evans and Fafana are out though. Evans and Fafana have been out, haven't they? I think in the first yeah, few yeah. games. I mean, and, Madison, and that Madison as well last year when he went injured, that was kind of when they um, had their little dip. Uh, he hasn't really featured. There's been big rumours of him going to Arsenal. Um, obviously, the window's closed, so that's not happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, fifth. Do you think? Do you think they'll they'll climb up to fifth, or do you think they'll be in the Champions League places again and then just? not have enough and then yeah. be heartbreak again. I, 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 I think, I think if I'm honest with you, I think that I, I'll just make it, I think that top four is just a little bit apart from everyone else now. And it should be apart from everyone else. I mean, if any one of those four teams isn't in the top four, there'll be serious questions of the manager. Right. I think, you know, I think. Mean, well, when Tottenham fair. maintain their winning start and win the league, then someone's going to get sacked. So that's. Well, I, yeah, maybe that's the case, but I just think, you know, I, I, I think that might be wishful thinking. <laughs> But, but but it's wishful. You know, I, it's, it's unbelievably wishful. Yeah. Thinking. We're three I just games think Leicester. In. I just got so much admiration for Leicester <laughs> in how they do things. I got you know they've I think they've bought really well. Um, Daka I know is a, one of Mike's favourites. I you know I um, pretty much pretty much Twitter is basically Mike cursing that they haven't got the striker <laughs> that someone else bought. That's pretty much my Twitter. <laughs> um, Very much. And and uh, and they bought this uh, the guy in midfield. I forget his name. Solly. Um, what's the guy in midfield? Oh, uh, Sumir. Yeah, another good sign. I've seen him a couple of times. It's a good player. And I think they've just got enough about them. When they, you know, if you, if you say like Schmeichel, Fafana, Evans, just shouldn't you? Um, they've got even, they got, they signed Bertrand, didn't they? They've got a couple of, they've got Albrighton or Pereira in the right back. They've got Tillemans, who's a top player. Um, you know, with Indeedy, he's another top player. You know, you've, again, your first 11, if you've just played their first 11 all season, you could say they could get top four. Yeah. But I think, again, it's that depth of quality. I think you see, like you just said with Siunchu, Evans goes out and Fafana and you're bringing in a, a Marty and I think they bought Vestergaard, didn't they? But that, mm. I'd imagine if, you know, Brendan Rodgers picking his best team, they'd be back to that back three from last season. And um, yeah. But yeah, I think fifth, you know, I think Spurs, I think Spurs and Leicester are quite neck and neck, I think. I think that that, that, that could be quite an interesting battle this season. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, next two teams, we won't we won't go on to these too long because Ben will not want to talk about them too much, uh, and we have talked about them a, a fair bit in the part in previously. To be fair, Liverpool, you had them fourth, which I'm surprised about, and I think that's more because of you can't put them higher because it's against your principles and your lucky. Principles. I didn't put twentieth, but <laughs> but I, I think I think they've got a real chance of winning the league. I, I've said from the start, I think fans coming back will be huge, and Anfield awful to go to they've got van dyke to come back which it's not just the fact that he is he is back it puts confidence throughout the whole team that we've got a defense now 
we've got I our just, defense yeah. back. And, and I, I get your point with the lack of um, uh, depth, but I, I think I think fans will play a huge, huge. And they're not a bad team uh, overnight. I'm not saying they're a bad team overnight. No. They're a very, very good team. I, I, yeah. I, I think I think they're they're not fourth. I think they're title contenders. So how would you put the top four then? I, I think Liverpool will win it. And then probably Chelsea and then City, which will come on to City in a bit without the striker, which is the way they seem to want to play. Um, yeah, we'll come on to City about... in a minute. But I, I, I think, well, oh no, I forgot United, haven't I, with uh, uh, the, the bingo man, uh, Ronaldo. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to call, but I, I think Liverpool... For me, just because of the fans, I think the fans will play an absolutely huge part this season. I just, I don't, I don't. Van Dyke back, I think, is massive for them. Yeah, I, I think that game against Chelsea told a little bit for me. Yeah, maybe. I I think they, they haven't. I'm not quite sure. I mean, Salah's always going to score you goals. I think that that goes without saying. But Mane had an off season last year. Firmino had large patch of the season where he wasn't doing it. Jota obviously is their fourth man in that kind of front three, you know, which Mm. can interchange out anywhere. I'm not sure they they're going to score as many goals as a as like a quartet as some of the others. I think if you think of United with what Sancho, Rashford when he's back, Greenwood, Cavani, Ronaldo, I I just think you know Chelsea have got I mean, Chelsea, Werner, Lukaku, Zayek, Mount, there's more <laughs> uh, uh, Hudson Odoi, you know. I mean, and then you know City. I mean, despite not having a striker, you know that. They have got players who all. I mean, Gundogan was their top goal scorer last year when he was saying, you know, they've got players all over the pitch are going to score you goals. I just think I do agree with Van Dyke being back being a massive thing for them, right? I I do I do think that, but I just think they'll. I, yeah, I can't see it. I can't see them winning it. I think it'd be between Chelsea and City. I think. Yeah, well, I, I, I think with Van Dyke back, Jordan Jordan Pickford's out of prison now because he's back, so he's allowed to come out of prison. Um, was, was, was that yeah, back injured? <laughs> hey. Was Van Dyke injured? <laughs> Didn't hear much I about mean, it. What, what do you think of Liverpool, Mike? Title contenders, fourth, somewhere in between? Uh, in all honesty, I just don't see him winning the title. I think over the course of a season, others have improved their team. You know, even, even though City only really brought in Grealish, it's still something in there. I think when you look as well with Man City, we'll touch on it, but, you know, something like Sterling as well last year wasn't great, but it's come on. When you look at Liverpool, they are really having to hope that the likes of Mane comes back again to what he was a couple of seasons back. Again with Firmino, obviously they have um, the likes of, you know, they do have Origi still floating around, to best of my knowledge. You've got Shakiri, I think, is still floating around. But again, they're just really squad players. They're probably not going to be those ones getting them those wins that they need, should they need to bring them on. Uh, I just don't think they're that team that was flying uh, a couple of seasons back. I think the problem is is that Klopp's football is so intense that if you do not have the legs, you're going to struggle. And I know it sounds really stupid to say, it's really obvious to say, but those players are two years older or going to be two years older from when they last went on and did what they did, which was a phenomenal season. That takes a lot out of your legs, you know, and it's, can you maintain that consistently? Because they were playing that up to the point of them winning it. Last year, you could see that those legs weren't there as much. Yeah. And again, another year on, are they going to be there? And what have they done to bring extra energy? You know, they got uh, 
um, Canate as a centre back. Curtis Jones is going to be huge for him this year. Yeah, he, he will be. He'll be a big thing of it. You know, you look at Canate, he has a history of injuries. Brilliant centre back. Could be a phenomenal player in the future, especially if he gets a partnership game with uh, Van Dyke, because that is two incredibly big, strong, imposing centre backs. But are they both going to be fit enough over the course of the season? You look at the midfield, they've brought Henderson back after letting him go, essentially, you know, because his contract ran out. They've now brought him back in on a longer contract. But is there the same energy in that midfield to play, you know, the gang and press football that Liverpool play? And if Salah was to get injured, based on last year and also on the start, you kind of go, well, the midfield's not scoring goals. Yeah. So if Mane isn't scoring, Firmino's never really been that much of a goal scorer. Where are the goals coming from? So you're relying then on Yotta, who again can score goals, but he's never been prolific. So it's kind no. of you just think I think do they have they have a team obviously that can be title contenders, but is it all clicking enough? And can they keep them fit enough over the course of the season to challenge? I think a lot of this as well comes down to what the what the points tally will be. I think I've said about United mm. in the past. I think United aren't getting more than 90 points this season, no. right? So if City and Chelsea or Liverpool, whoever it might be, reach 92, 93 points, right? I think teams like, personally, Liverpool and United, I don't think are matching that. If the, if the points total gets to 85 to win the league, then I think they're banging it, those two teams. I think, I mean, you know, that, that, that difference of seven to ten points is quite big. And I think with Liverpool, I think... I think actually they're big players this year. I think Van Dijk is obviously world class, you know, and their two fullbacks are obviously brilliant. I think yeah, teams I think know that now, though. As well, isn't uh, Robinson done his now? Uh, I think he's back now. Yeah. Or did he get injured in international duty? Do you mean? No, no. I'm sorry, I could remember if uh, if his injury was a bad one. So I remember. No, no. He's back now. He's back now. And um, but he, but I think teams shut those fullbacks down. Then it becomes on players like, like you said, Curtis Jones, Thiago, um, that Harvey Elliott kid. Can those players in the central create goals? Because so much of Liverpool's success is down those flanks. You know, Salah, Alexander-Arnold, Mane, Robertson. If you take that away from them, that midfield in their best seasons was more workmen than quality. Yeah. Right. And I think that is where I think the other teams have an advantage. I mean, Liverpool, I don't think I might, I might be wrong, and Liverpool fans might go nuts and biased, but I don't think they have a Pogba. <laughs> I don't think they have a Pogba, a Fernandez, a um, you know, a Foden, Kane. Grealish, Kane. Uh, you can say, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, more sort of like number tens or you know, creative sorts from deeper. You know, they got Thiago, who I think if he had a really good season, Liverpool could be up there. But I think that's the type of player that they need to get into the right positions. Yeah, I mean, Mr. K thinks a full-way split for the title. Chelsea, Liverpool, United, Man City. Uh, Man City, for me, I think, if they'd have got Kane, heavy favourites for the title. Uh, I, I, I was at the first game and they, they were crossing the ball in looking for a striker that was there. I think they, they need a left-back hand. Well, <laughs> steady. Um, but I, I think they need a left back now. God knows what's happening with this Mendy situation. Um, but yeah, I mean, up, mate, he's getting locked up. Yeah, I mean, what I wanted to ask you, Ben, is uh, with the yeah, where's this thing, going? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> where's this going? <laughs> yeah. no, the, 
I swear there's a point. They they obviously wanted Kane, but they got Grealish first, and then they tried to low-ball Daniel Levy, who Alex yeah. Ferguson once said a serious operation, I can't remember which, was more was less painful than dealing with Daniel Levy, and it's not going to work. But when Fer- Ferguson wanted someone and it was announced, I want someone, that player wanted to go to Man United. He wanted to go to Man United. He wanted to play for Ferguson. Kane, and then they'd cause a fuss. I mean, it's a completely different situation because a big fee around Ferguson's era is probably not more than 50 million, which is, is fairly cheap now. But do, do you think Man City are a big team or they think they're kind of a big team because they weren't able to get the player that they apparently really wanted? I mean, it's slightly different because Kane's a Spurs fan. He's obviously got a Spurs legacy to withhold as well, uh, uphold as well. So he's not going to go, well, I'm refusing to play. I'm refusing to do anything, which will ignore the training scenario. I'm refusing to play because he doesn't want to damage that legacy. Yeah, well, he's, got, uh, he's chasing records, isn't he, Kane? He don't, he don't, yeah, I, I but, think, you know. But, but, yeah. but, but what, what I mean... If they desperately wanted Kane, I don't understand. Uh, when they said we can't afford so and so, why they went for Grealish in the first place? They got Foden, they got, Foden, they've, got they've got Marvez, they've got this player. So, do, do you think they're a big team, being that they couldn't tempt Kane away? Oh, it's that difficult for me to answer. Look, look, because I, I, Man look. United, I've said to you we, time and time we'll again, Man, Man United for me, bar none, are the biggest team in the world. And when Ferguson said he wanted someone. That player decided. Yeah, look, I'm look, going look, to Man United. I know what you're saying. Me. I know what you're saying. Right? There's a big difference between being a big club and being the best club, hmm. right? And I and, and I think you know at the moment City, you know they Mr. are. Mr K says this. They're just missing the European title. But I, I'd yeah. argue that that. I mean, they've got more people in jail than they have European cups. But yeah, like, they, 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 they've but, got no legacy, really, have they? In terms of what United have, well, no, I mean, look, titles, City, years look, and stuff. They they were obviously brilliant decades ago. City existed before the, the, the this regime. Um, you know, the, the, I don't want to marginalise a club like that. You know, you, you, but but they are. I know what you're saying. The, the PSGs of this world, the, they are. They're built on. They're not built necessarily on the history, right? But history will change. You know, you know, over a period of time. You know, if United United are coming up to ten years about about a league or you know nine nine whatever is about a league, you know United is, is a as a brand will always be massive. I think, right? Mm. Um, but the, the failure to get Kane, I don't think it affects whether they're a big club. I need to sort of be clear on that. I, you know, I think that is a Daniel Levy thing. It was a completely avoidable summer saga. You know, Levy knew what he wanted, which I think was probably not to sell him. Just simple as that, right? And I think this whole, like, they haven't made an acceptable bid thing. Clubs don't do that anymore. Clubs don't just come in and go, oh, here's 160. Oh, you've rejected that. 170. Oh, 180. They get into Real, Real Madrid tried to with Mbappe, though, didn't they? With yeah, but their, they're um, making a political pounds point. Debt, which I know yeah, yeah, yeah. Madrid are making a political point. They're, right. put, they're, right, they're making a political point that they're offering, and PSG don't want to accept that. PSG don't need to. They're so rich. Look at us. Right? And... City, I think, are under the microscope with the FIFA Fair Play stuff. Whether or not anyone even cares about it anymore, that's a big thing. <laughs> but they are because they've been there. And I do think there is limitations to what you can do. But City aren't, a, I wouldn't say they're a huge club yet. I mean, but, you know, if you go and win six Champions Leagues in 10 years or something, you know, which they, you know, might very well do, that helps the that helps it. But they can't. They can't make things happen that have happened in the past. They can't, you know, be be a different club for the last sixty years. That's never going to happen. But 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think them buying Kane is an issue with the big... What I do think is that they desperately need a striker. Mm. Desperately. And they, they can win a league without Harry Kane. I'm not sure Harry Kane can win a league without moving. I mean, that, and that's horrible to say. Mm. I mean, I think that's the way it is. Um, I'll edit that out when I save it. It's yeah, fine. yeah, no, no. no but, uh, you know, <laughs> but, but on the flip side to that, you know, on the flip side to that, I come from a team who had, you know, a generation of incredibly loyal players. Yes, they were winning stuff, but, you know, skulls and that, they wouldn't have left. You know, that, that, you know so there is some, there is some scope to it. Now, I think Kane did want to go, mm. but I don't think the way that, the answer to the question is I don't think City are a massive club, no, but they are the best team in the league. And I think another, another thing to look at, Chris, is that from City as well, if you look at it, and I think Sean Dyche said it perfectly, um, I'm a bit confused what City are doing. Are they buying a club or are they buying a player? And that, that's ultimately it. You know, that Kane deal in total would have been, what, nearly 200 million for Justin Fees, you know, transfer fee to Tottenham. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you'd have got his brother making a pretty penny as his agent. Uh, Kane probably would have gone from about nearly 200 grand to about maybe 400, maybe 500 grand a week probably been asked. And then you look at it and go, well, actually, this deal is going to cost us nearly about 400 million quid. Now, unless we win the Champions League, ain't worth it. He's, what, 27, 28? So, again, Seven, that, yeah. yeah, 27, is that worth it? And then you also you look over the Bundesliga and go, well, Holland next year is going to be worse. He's going to got a release clause for 70 million quid. Mm. Why am I going to go out and spend this money on a player that I can get immediate probably success now when I can go and get the next big thing of it of football with Mbappe, you know, they're going to be the next two starlets of football. You know, there's no two ways about it. I can go and try and get him next year for 70 million. And we're probably not going to get mugged off like we did when we try to go for uh delict because basically Man City completely and utterly shut off the financial fair play. They went mm, to court. Yeah. They absolutely embarrassed UEFA and FIFA on it. And they pretty much shattered it. it. You know, that's why it's been relaxed so much this year. And next year, they're probably thinking, well, why don't we just try and go all out for Holland next year? Even a chance of, oh, obviously, Mbappe is going to go Real Madrid. But again, just for they will probably still go, we'll have a punt there as well. So when you look at it and go, well, actually, what are they losing out on? They know they can score goals. Gundogan got about 20-odd goals, or nearly 20 goals last season, I think. So, again, it's like, well, we've already got a 20-goal goal score. It's not necessarily a forward, but we've got the goals in our team. We can maybe wait a year and go and get one of the next big talents in world football for half the price easily. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I agree with Ben. They're, they're the best team. They're not, not a huge team yet. I think some of that will come with sustained... Uh, I think they need to win, they need to win a Champions League for their for their own selves for them to believe that they're that. Well, that big that's team. what they want more. They want the Champions League rather than yeah. The it's, league. A like, yeah it's a bit like it's a bit like PSG, right? They both want that thing. That that's the that's the thing that they need to validate themselves. They don't need validated because they've been brilliant teams in the domestic leagues and actually have been brilliant teams in in Europe, but they've not won the pinnacle. And until they win that pinnacle, in their eyes, they have not validated themselves within the elite because the elite will always turn around to them and say, but you don't have that European success that we do. So it's easy, it's easy to dismiss them until they have that. Yeah. Once yeah. they have that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I Mr. Mr. I, K here I, says Pep won't be there next season, so he doesn't care about Haaland. I'm sure he said two years, 
But, yeah, but, 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 but he also said that he's not necessarily leaving in two years. He also come out and said yeah. that. It's also, I think it was a misquote. Um, it I think, I think he wants that, that Champions League with them. Yeah. And then but, he'll leave. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not But sure. it is a funny thing to say. Like that one thing I would provide on City and where I put them in the in this 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 list is that was before Pep said that when Fergie did did that and he said he was retiring and then you turned in his book he said it was the biggest mistake of his managerial career because all of a sudden it lays a layer of uncertainty over players so if you're Haaland even if mm. Pep goes ah oh, no 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 I'm going to stay now. You think, yeah, well, hang on sure, a minute. I was coming to... I mean, that is what I would say, is I think a lot of players want to come to City for Pep. Hmm. But I also think Haaland's not a player who's going to be at clubs for very long. I think, well, you know... He does I have a link he, to City, though, doesn't he? He does have a link with yeah, his dad. Exactly. Well, his, dad played, his dad played there. So I think yeah. the way I see Haaland is that he'll come to England. Once he's done his bit in England, he'll go to Spain. And I think that, one, because of his agent is Riola and we all know that he <laughs> loves to move his players around but I don't think he's that kind of player who's going to hold around in the league I think he's going to be like I've done the Bundesliga now like you know I've dominated the Bundesliga I've not won the league because I was at, wasn't at Bayern but I've dominated it I'm now going to go to England I'm going to dominate that league I'm then going to go to Spain and I'm going to dominate that one I think that's how he's looking at it and each t- each transfer is a, is a, is a you know is, a, is one up so, you know, obviously left uh, RB to go to Dortmund. Dortmund then to move to Man City is a step up again, arguably. I know historically Dortmund are a brilliant team, but in terms of prestige in today's modern football, Man City are a step up. And then the pinnacle would then be to go to Real Madrid. And potentially could be at Real Madrid with Mbappe at some point. Whoa, 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 whoa. I take, I take Heath. No, but let, let's Early face on it. as well. Harland, Harland, and Mbappe, best two young players. You not seen Mason Greenwood? No, <laughs> but, but you've I think not seen Oliver Skip. But when you look at world football, as big as United are, I, I stand by that there are probably only two teams in the world who have never really been selling clubs, and that they have to sell their best players. Or at some point, if someone comes calling for their best players, they go to a bigger club or a club yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Real Madrid and Barcelona have probably been historically in Europe the only two teams that yeah. haven't been selling clubs you're always Zimbabwe. worried aren't you you're always yeah. worried when someone like you know even when we had Ronaldo you know yeah. exactly. Bayern Munich link with Ronaldo he ain't going you know simple as that but yeah those those guys I agree yeah I, mean, I think obviously they're a bit tarnished now with recent you know years and financial problems but you know I think that's how you would see Holland would go that will see how he sees progression and I think he will come to England. It's whether who, it's who he goes to, and I think City will be the ones who will make the biggest play for him. So I, that's why I don't think they'll go for Tottenham this year. Very long segue, Chris. Probably going to finish first, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got there in the end. Next, <laughs> uh, Newcastle, which you said Ben, uh, you'd put further down in your league. You originally put them. Yeah. Thirteenth. Do, do you think relegation? Or well, do you I have think a mate who's a Newcastle fan. Surviving relegation. Yeah, I have a mate who's a Newcastle fan. And I He's think worried, he? he hates his he hates everything about his club, owner, the manager. You know, of course, they must be the most frustrated and unhappy fans because they yeah, it have it have the Taliban in it have the it have it have the Taliban in if if they <laughs> they spent money locally, right? So 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 like so like like oh done something for the local the local wreck. Oh well, yeah, get them in. You know, so you know so. I, 
quite honestly, I don't want to spend too much time on Newcastle because they are. The, I don't. I hate the idea of the Saudis coming to any club. I don't like the state ownership thing at all. I know people will say it's because I'm protecting United, but it really isn't that. I just don't like that idea of like Mike said. Are you buying a player or are you buying a club? You know, it's um, mm. it's got silly in that respect. And like with PSG being able just to turn down two hundred million because yeah, you know, who cares? We'll let him go for free next year. I don't like that. So um, but yeah. You know, so Newcastle, I think, are definite relegation relegation contenders. If something was to happen to Callum Wilson, who is injury prone, and Alec, that Maxim guy, who I think is mm. a joy to watch, but like just hilarious to watch at the same time. I, I, if those two were injured, they're in big, big trouble, and they both yeah. have injury issues. So, yeah, yeah. Mike, yeah, I, agree, I agree with Ben. Like <clears throat> saying, Maxman is the only player I've seen manage to sit himself and the opponent down at the same time. <laughs> Um, he's a brilliant player, but sometimes, uh, yeah, like Ben says, he can go from the sublime to the comical. He could uh, sit the ref down, couldn't he? He could sit the ref down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just like you, you look at him and you go, they've only bought in Willock and they've gone and bought the guy from um, goal. And I kid you not, the guy they bought in, the the, uh, the kid they've got on loan, he's got the same name as the, uh, the guy who was in that goal film that played for Newcastle before he went to Real Madrid. Absolutely hilarious. Um, but you just think you go, you look at that team and go, to only go get Joe Willock this summer, yeah. that's playing a dicey game. I know well, I mean, their, their fans must be so frustrated with them. It's been like this for years and years and years. Yeah, I think it's, it's beyond the point of exacerbation. It's it's just desperation now. It's just to, well, where yeah. do you go from there? You know, protests, are they going to do anything? Are are voicing your concerns going to do anything? You know, they've been derided by media so long. It's just kind yeah. of, I think they're just a bit defeated as a fan base, to be honest. And when they lose, it's just kind of like, well, we expected that. It's yeah, just and that, that fight and that that what we used to think of Newcastle, I think, is a bit gone, to be honest. Yeah, and I th- yeah. I, all three of us know a thing or two about crooked owners and terrible owners. But I mean, Newcastle just, oh dear, I'd hate to be run by them. At least Levy spends a little bit of money. You know, and and builds a stadium or something like that, and does something for the team, which will come into money because it's it's a theatre. It's not just a football stadium. And and Mr. K literally said, <laughs> "Can't believe they still have that owner. They need some oil money, which goes against what Ben wants." But yeah, I mean, it's not even oil money. They just need someone who's actually going to go in there yeah, and cares and about them. Yeah, yeah. part of the club again and. Do it, Leicester. You don't Leicester prove you don't need oil money. This whole thing you need money yeah. in football is is just a lie. Yeah. You know, right. Red Bulls have just shown it. If you have a true scouting system and you understand that you build slowly, you buy these young talents, you bring them through, you progress them, you sell them on, you then buy the next platform up, and you repeat and you repeat until you get to a level where you're starting to compete more regularly and actually have a team that. Actually, we don't sell anymore. We hold our players. And if we do sell one, we sell them for such big money. Then you go and get back two or three proper quality players. You know, it's just, you don't yeah. need to have it's mega money. It's a great money. model, isn't it? It's a great mm. model. It's a great exactly. model. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I, you know, I'm in Mike. I, I think that, I, I, I think, I, I wish Newcastle would get an owner that loved their club and, you know, you know, did something. But, Going and getting a state, I don't think is the answer. You know, I mean, if 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 you're if you're if you're begging for for someone, you know, who just happily goes around killing journalists as your owner or as to be invested in your club, then I think you're. I mean, Mike Ashley is a horrible, horrible human being, right? But I think there are levels to this game. 
Yeah. Oh, he's, you know, so yeah, he, he's the street peddler. He's not, you know, it's not nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one relegation threatened team to, unfortunately, I have to say a, a real favourite for relegation. Norwich. They've started badly, but they, they have had three of the top hitters first three games, which is a little bit. I mean, you've got them bottom. I, I, I struggle to uh, disagree with that. To be perfect, and, and it looks like. They haven't changed anything. It's, it's literally it's the same naivety, I mean, isn't it? It's just you look you at it and Pep, go, you, you say Pep does Pep, Dice does Deitch, Klopp does Klopp, uh, Bielsa does Bielsa. It looks like Daniel Farker does Daniel Farker, and they got relegated doing it, and they've just done exactly the same. Which, but but this this game against Arsenal is a massive game, and and Arsenal are a far better team than Norwich on paper, but it's two teams confidence through the floor. So yeah, yeah. it is a real, real six-pointer. Not not for relegation battle, because Arsenal won't get relegated. I, I mean, as much as people watching this would love to say that's the case, they're not going to get relegated. But they're on an absolute... They're, they're at the bottom of the roller coaster in terms of confidence. And it's a brilliant time for Norwich to play them. But I just... They lost Ben Deere so as well, open. didn't they? They're so open, yeah. yeah, yeah they lost so Ben Deere as well, which I think is a big loss for them. In the Championship, I got... A mate is a is a Middlesbrough fan, and obviously my, one of my best mates is, is a is a is a Watford. Um, yeah, I mean, Mr. Watford K fan. says, uh, period, they're going down. But. Yeah, I mean, my my favourite thing about Norwich yeah. this year is they bought a couple of like those Greek players, didn't they? And someone did that meme yeah. about about um, <laughs> you know, from from the common people or whatever it is uh, song. You know, they they come from Greek. Yeah. They got a first for Norwich. I'd, I'd like them to stay up because I don't particularly. I've, I've been to Norwich and watched them before. I don't mind Norwich, but I think, I mean, you go down trying to play uh, expansive football and get ripped apart, and then you come back up again and you do exactly the same. And they, they've done it in the Championship. The Championship is so much different. To, you, you make five mistakes in the Premier League, you concede five goals. You make five mistakes in the Championship, you concede maybe two, three. But you know, they remind me of. They remind me of Bolton back in the day. You know, when they used to see yo-yo up the league until they got to that yeah. point of they build on that core every year until they finally stayed in the Premier League. They seem a bit like that. You know, yeah. they've made some good, like smart signings. You know, they have got that Josh Sargent out of Germany. Uh, Billy Gilmore, haven't they? Yeah, from, um, yeah, Jesus, they got, yeah. And they got um, Obak, um, who was at um, Liverpool last season. Obviously, they got the Greek kid uh, Atolis, who was. Banging in goals for fun last season in the Greek league, you know. So they've gone and made some smart signings, but again, it's forward players. You know, at least this year they've gone and spent some money. So, you know, if those players even have an average season, the ones they've bought in, they're going to sell them on for a little bit more, or at least keep the hold their yeah. value. You and know, how much like, like Mister K says, they've got great owners. Uh, yeah, shouldn't be going yeah. on the pitch to get, tell the fans to let's be having you, but you know that was a. No, but, yeah, but you know, I think they have great owners compared to the team we were just talking about. No, I think he's right because I think, you know, again, my friend is a Watford fan. You know, he wants to stay up. Of course he wants to stay up, but he doesn't want to mortgage his club against against it. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I can understand that, that logic completely. I think for me, it's just I look at them and I think how many goals are Cantwell and Pookie going to get? Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, Pookie started brilliantly the season they came up and yeah. then he kind of really got found out fairly early and then Not just... Enough. No, and yeah. I, I like Cantwell. I don't think he's... Probably a ten. I think he's probably a little bit better off the wing, um, or even playing a little bit deeper. Um, but 
you look at it and go, they, they might get the odd goal. They might win the odd game by because they're quite open and quite free-flowing, so they probably will catch some teams cold, but they didn't improve their defence, really. I think they brought the left-back, again, out of the Greek league. So, you know, physically, they're generally Greek players are generally pretty good physically. But, um, you know, I, I think, to be honest, Norwich's defence is going to be as flimsy as your hand was with that fly, Chris. So <laughs> It's not a fly, it's a moth. It's that big. It, like bigger than this screen. I, you just look at it and you go, if you get that defence, you, you're probably going to score, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I think, no, no, I think it'd be, a, it'd be one of the best best seasons by any manager if he keeps them up. Simple as that. I think. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think there's enough in there yeah, for him to, to stay up. Another team who are going to struggle, I think, certainly without getting a... a, a with. Danny Ings going. Armstrong's okay. He's not Danny Ings, and he scored a nice goal. I can't remember the first the game he scored it in, but a nice finish. Uh, cold, you've got him going down, Ben. Uh, I, I like Southampton. I really like Southampton. Every year they seem to get rid of their best players, and they seem to manage to stay up. Hassan Hurtle's a good manager, and the, 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 the I mean, yeah. The size of that moth, uh, Mr. K says, I'd expect savers. It's huge. You're not in the room. It's massive. It's bigger than the dinosaur. Big as that um, exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. I think to myself, look, again, Southampton, I got them going down. I got them going down because I did it again before the season. I saw them play against us. They were decent. But really, all of, all of their best attacking parts were our mistakes. Mm. Uh, they didn't. They didn't. I know you could say, well, that's what football is. They've pressured you into it. You know, I mean, you've, last season they got a lot of their goals from set set plays. I think uh, Ward Prowse obviously got good delivery, but Vestergaard has gone. Who was a big part of that? Well, Ward you know, Prowse has been linked away, isn't he? If he goes in January, they've really got to yeah. buy well to replace him because but if I, they don't, yeah. then they're really going to struggle. I just don't think there's enough in, enough in them. They've got a lot of young kids. They've got a good young right back from Chelsea on loan, I think. Liver, mm. I forget his name, Mento or something. He played well against us, looked, looked like a decent player. I think he even kept your old uh, Carl Walkers out at the time, or maybe he was playing left, I can't remember. But, he, you know, and... You know, so they weren't awful. I think mean, they'll they'll lose a few games by the odd goal, but they will lose the, a lot. I think, yeah. and I think that that's where the the problem is. I mean, you survive relegation by scoring goals because you're you're always going to generally lose against the top teams. But if you get something, that's a bonus. The way you survive relegation is winning those six pointers near the bottom of the teams around you, and generally those teams around you can't score goals either. So it's a one nil win, yeah. and if you've got a top quality striker there, like they had last year with Ings. You've always got a chance of winning that one nil, yeah. being the one nil winners. And yeah. if you do go a goal down, you've always then got a chance of getting an equaliser back, so you don't lose the game and you don't lose that much ground. But I mean, uh, relegation for you, Mike? I don't think they'll be relegated. I think they've just about got enough. I think they've got enough now. But you know, as last year's showed, they can really get turned over. You know, they've, they've paroled is a good left back. They brought in to cover Bertrand, but I think Bertrand has more nows in the league. Um, and I think that will would have in the short term done well, you know, if they'd have been able to bring uh, Peraldo in over a season. But they essentially he has to hit the ground running, he has to be great. Um, you know, Armstrong started off strongly, but again, it's how sustainable can that be in some games and against the bigger, stronger defenders in the Premier League, and in some games they'll be incredibly aggressive. Is he going to be as 
as good for them because the ball is arguably just going to keep coming back if they're trying to hit it long or if they're asking him to hold it up. He has got a good low centre of gravity and he is quite good at holding the ball, but ultimately under the pressure you get from the Premier League defenders and the size of defenders in the league, I just see that in some games they're just going to get hit with wave after wave because in, if they can't hold on to the possession, they're going to lose it in that final third. Well, that's what happened with us. That's what I'm going to say. He's got the goal early. They got the goal early. They punted it long, but it's not only the physicality that the way they read the game. The defenders in the Premier League, they read that ball. You know, they're, you know, two on one, three on one at the back. They nip in ahead of you because they know they got the pace to recover. Should should they lose? Should should they yeah. nick it away? And I think against us, they basically scored, and they was like, right, let, we're, we're going to try and win this one nil. We we obviously Greenwood obviously scored, and then they at the end, I think they'd have been happy to take the point. You know, it was a good point for them, but they would have been happy, and you know. And I think that's that's my fear is I just don't see how where the goals are coming from about Ings. I, I, you know, I, yeah, you just don't see where the goals are coming from. And you don't also don't see how the Nessie are going to stop them from going in, in their net yeah, as well. I mean, Mr. K's asked, will they get beat 9-0 again this season? I don't think they will. But I mean, that's got to take a little bit of a toll, hasn't it? I mean, they, they did so well and Hassan Hurtle in particular, going 9-0 down two successive seasons and then building them up to make sure it didn't capitulate them in the season. But I think it's like you said, Mike, eventually, if, you, if you're always skirting around there, eventually you're going to have a bad season. You're going to go down. And yeah, I, I like Southampton, so I hope they don't. But I think losing Ings and, and I th- yeah, like you said, Ben, I think that could just be a bit of a nail in the coffin if, if that think, Armstrong doesn't kick into gear. Yeah, and the point you guys made is they seem to sell their best player every year. There's only so many times you can keep selling yeah. and rebuilding before, you know, it yeah. just doesn't work. Just well, a a bad transfer window when that's your way of working is could just be detrimental. As well, as well, I think it's the opposite to what I was saying earlier about the points with the top of the league. Yeah. You know, I mean, the expectation is, well, certainly on my my list, that Watford and Norwich are finished below them. So then all of a sudden it becomes a mass scrap for the last the last spot and you know you are talking probably you know three to four points difference can make you 16th you know so it's so it's yeah so uh, you know the the walls of this world the Southamptons the Burnleys the Brightons if they have a bad season you know Newcastles they'll all be in there I think you know if if it goes that way and I think you know all all you need you mentioned you look at them and go I can see them scoring more than Southampton that's right and and like people like Burnley I think they'll get more clean sheets as well yeah so, exactly. so, 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 so you look at and go, they've got Chris Wood, he will score, yeah. and they've got Ben Mee and Tarkowski. Them two stay yeah. fit in the back, he stays fit up front. And Pope, the key. You know, yeah. good goalie as well. You know, so, so, it's, so it's, you know, it's things like that. And I think that's, that's where they're going to, I think, fall down. I mean, I think Wolves maybe, Wolves and Newcastle are kind of like, the, you know, around the same sort of level. Um, you know, Palace as well. I think we've said about Palace being a complete, you know, those sort of four. I would imagine would be in the scrap with with Watford and and uh, yeah and thing. Well, what, coming on to Watford, you got them nineteenth, which I, I'm not a massive fan of Watford. I think their model of sacking a manager more times than I moan in a year, I think, eventually will come back to haunt them. It works kind of so far, uh, but then I do like Danny Rose, and he's gone there. Um, you got experience there, along with uh, Foster, I think, in goal. Uh, but, I mean, Dennis looks a real player and they've got a winger as well. I can't remember his name. Saar, Saar, yeah. Saar, yeah. I mean, 
But when we played them, what I thought was that Saar got a lot of the ball against uh, uh, Vegion, certainly in the second half. But he was forced to run inside and he got kind of ran into traffic, crowded out. You've got Hoiberg skip there. And then it kind of got nullified because the movement wasn't there because Sanchez and Dyer were keeping uh, Dennis and uh, whoever else was up top kind of occupied. And then it kind of just petered out. Um, so I, I guess you've got them fairly low down because of the uh, scoring goals. Yeah, I think I think Saar's an exciting player. I I, I think he you know he in a better team you know he could be a good good Premier League footballer. I am um, I know from like I say I got a. Frit- a uh, close friend who's a season ticket holder mm. there and you know you know i think he's a bit despite i think they lost will hughes as well i think i think, um, I think he went somewhere i think he was like yeah. a, quite a crafty little player like like good player i think they got that young brazilian that gel is it gel pedro gel p or yeah, something like that. Pedro, yeah. I, I, and I think i think there is some goals in there but you know i don't think it's necessary might, they might not be household names but i think they are good like you say dennis as well but Again, it's you know, can they can they keep clean sheets? You know, obviously when Watford went down, they lost a lot of players. You know, Kapue went, you know, and you know, I think I think Deeney's gone to Birmingham, as not that he would have played anyway, I guess. But um, he's a yeah. bit of a leader, though, isn't he? So you worry about like, the leadership in there, although. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I think I think Watford did really well last season. They 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 obviously had to sell a lot of players, and they, they did they did well to come back up. I think, but it's just a case of, I think. It, I think clean sheets might be more more of an issue this season because they did well last year defensively, and I think mm. but the Premier League is a different is a different kettle, and I think they maybe found that. And again, against yourselves, um, you know, one nil. You know, if, if you go behind against some of these teams in the Premier League, then Watford have to open up, and you know, mm. then you're well, right I, for the picking. I thought all of our games, maybe City excluded, but certainly Watford and Wolves who would come on. I never say it during a game because you'd never tempt fate. But looking back at it, I didn't feel like they'd score. And we'll come on to Wolves in a bit. But Watford... Did you feel like you were going to score, though? Uh, because I, I, get, I get the impression... I don't know. I was Nuno... too busy shouting at the computer, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Fighting moths. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> no, it was like time then. They didn't come in. Yeah. I, get, I get the impression with, with Nuno teams that, you know, that first goal is pretty much everything. Yeah. You know, and 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 I and, and if you know if you get it, great. You know, you're in a very strong position, probably not to lose the game, which I guess against Mourinho at the end that wasn't happening. I remember, I think you scored. Yeah. We beat you, didn't I, we? I, the, so. I think City. I thought we'd score because we looked really good going forward there. But that's because City open up against you. I think our problem will be the teams who sit back. But uh, Watford, Mike, nineteenth. Uh, Ben's got them. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, this again. You just can't look and go. Where are the goals? You know, uh, last year, the main goals, I think, came from Saar. He wasn't prolific in his first season. I know he's had another season now in England, so he should be a bit more climatised. But, again, I don't see him scoring enough goals. You know, before they used to have, like, a Delefeu, they obviously had Dini. They were both would chip in with the goals over the course of the season, and they would just had about enough defensively to be, you know, strong enough. I just... They brought in a lot of players. There's a big kind of churn in their team. So it could get, they're one of those teams. They may sneak out of the top bottom three and one of the others, say like a Newcastle who've only just bought in Willock, could end up finding themselves there because they just, you know, fall into their own depression, essentially. <laughs> and they go into that that kind of bottom bit. But I don't know what for the one of those teams are. I'm hesitant to make an assessment on them because they're, 
as they've just come back, they had a really good game in the last one, you know, and it's hard to say whether that's a sign as to that's going to be more on par with the level in the first two games and feeling their way back into the league. It's one of those put, tricky ones. Put it this way. I don't think, I don't think Watford and Norwich are getting 40 points. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so again, if though, so if, if the, bar, if the bar for like relegation is 32, say they might survive. You know, you know that you know, but but if if these teams are getting 39, 40, 41 points in that group above them, then I think I think that's curtains for them, really. You know, they they yeah. need they need they need a few teams to struggle with low points to survive those those two teams. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's going to be another season. I, I just wonder if this season's going to be another one where a lot of teams are picking points off of each other and it becomes like a 36 pointer yeah well, i think that's what they need that's what teams yeah. like watford and norwich need desperately they need that because if teams if you know if it ends up with just like a bottom four and you know 39 40 points for them on the boat i think that that's where they struggle i mean i could see i could definitely see like norwich and and watford getting you know like 32 33 points but i'm not so sure i can see them getting to 40 yeah yeah. That kind of links into what Mr. K says. He, he thinks it could be a good one for neutral top spot for, for uh, a top spot fight, bottom four scrap. With we we've already mentioned quite a few teams who could be relegation candidates. Um, but yeah, and, and last team now, Wolves. Who I quite like Wolves. I, I've always quite liked Wolves. Um, and you've got them. 15th, uh, but they do have possibly who has to be the most frustrating player in world football. Uh, but I wouldn't say it to his face because his muscles are bigger than the Vox and I can't outrun him because he's quicker than my car. Uh, Adama Traore, I watched him against us every time he got the ball. He obviously skinned whoever he was against, but the best form of defense against Adama Traore is just let him run because then he runs out of ideas or doesn't know what to do. And that one on one with Loris, it was a good save, but. If you look at it, Loris just did a lunge. He did, he, he did Pilates. He didn't have to move, which he's one-on-one. And my other worry with them in scoring goals is, is Jimenez, who two years ago or so was a fantastic striker. But that, that head injury has to have had an effect. And there was, an, there was a moment against um, uh, Spurs. Ben's laughing because you can see the me fly, the fly man. Um, but... It was a good chance for a header. If he'd have run and headed headed that, it's a bullet header, and he stepped back slightly to try and volley it. By which time Sanchez that that split second allowed Sanchez to get the block in. So I I think he's he's it's in his head slightly that I don't want to get a clatter in again, and it's taken something out of his game, which is fully understandable. But he was obviously their main source of goals before that awful injury, and yeah. Traore is just. If if he could finish, it, it, people said we should be linked with him, but he can't uh, finish and everything like that. If he could do that, there's no way he'd be linked with Spurs. It'd be Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man City, teams like that. There's no way Spurs would be interested. Well, he was but, he was I great mean, against us. He was great against us. He was he yeah. was a an absolute fawn. But but, but like did he say, create anything or or you know? Yeah, he uh, did great chances uh, for others. I mean, yeah, I think I think uh, Wolves played really well. I, I think I think Wolves are a better team than the zero wins out of you know three games. Yeah, we would but, show. But they've but, got a completely new system as well. They did have Nuno, who's very pragmatic and uh, more of a a, a, a one nil kind of of man. Now they're more of um, expansive, so it's going to take a little bit of an adjustment, similar to a Palace. To adjust to that different way of playing after doing that for I don't know how many years Nuno was there for. 
I but think the other thing is, though, Chris, is when you look at Wolves, there's other things going on there besides the playing point. You know, there are players that who come January, if an offer comes in, are quite easily up for sale. You know, so I think there's a level of uncertainty in that club. You know, had they had a decent enough bid, they would have probably sold two of, uh, you know, Jimenez, Tyore, uh, Neves. Yeah. Any one of those was likely would have been gone had the offer come in. So I think there's a level of uncertainty in that squad. I think that's a big thing that they're going to have to transfer out. Obviously, they they got rid of Patricio. That's a big, big thing because mm-hmm. he was a quality goalkeeper. Obviously, they brought in Saar, who isn't a bad goalkeeper, but he's not a Patricio, for one. Um, brought in Trincao from uh, Barcelona on loan. But again, how was he going to adapt to the Premier League? You know, not having Pedro Neto, it still it is massive because he was brilliant he is that one who is going to score and assist whilst driving the ball Traore if you nick the baby lotion like you say you can, you can get you can kind of want to get hold of him and two it, it, it gets to a point in the pitch and then it just seems to mine seems to just go yeah. also, two years back he was brilliant he, I think he had like 16 like 16 goals and assists mm. altogether um, but again, that was Jimenez was absolutely smashing it as well at the time. Yeah. Well, as Yotta, mm. but they don't have Yotta now, who is key to that. Don't have Neto, who's out injured. Trincao is an unknown quantity. Podence po- as well has only just come back in yeah. from injury. Yeah. And then you've got you know Jimenez is how much does he trust his head? For instance, that's the in thing. The I, I, I can see him retiring in a season or two just because he. I mean, it was definitely that. It was in the second half against us. It was a bullet header, which there was no one near him. It was just a bullet header, run onto it, jump, bullet in. The keeper was nowhere and he stepped back. And then yeah. the chance was gone because I think it was Sanchez who, that split second, whereas two years ago, it wouldn't have even been a thought. It would have been in the goal before you even thought, oh, he's got a free header here. Yeah, I think, you know, Wolves... <sighs> You would argue they're not getting relegated easily. You know, they shouldn't get relegated. They've got enough about them. But my question is, what happens in January if a couple of clubs come in with some money? Because I think at the moment yeah. they'll be fine. But I think that such is the state of what they are at the moment with that they do need money because basically the state funding from China is basically getting pulled. Yeah. You know, people like Jimenez and... Uh, Neves and even Traore, the players that they should essentially, the three players they really should be building around are, are and will be up for sale if the right price comes in. I know that sounds naive to say that because any club with the right price, you would sell. Mm. But they are, other clubs are not open to that. They acknowledge it, but they're not open to the sale. They have not only acknowledged it, they're also open to selling them. Yeah. It was, it, it, it was, it was, a, it was a classic. I loved, I loved the Traore thing because all like Daniel Levy was like, we have a price. Yeah. We have a price. We have a price for Harry Kane, and Manchester City haven't met it. We're not going to go. Well, they were, we're interested in Traore. Wolves, but it's forty million. He went. Yeah, we'll take him on loan. Yeah. <laughs> That's why people like uh, 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 Ferguson can't stand him. But I mean, with Wolves, uh, uh, Mr. Kay's asked, uh, are they a good team, or were they good when they had Nuno? I think what happened with Nuno is he was obviously in the championship with them. He might have even brought them up from League One. But by, by the time they were in the Premiership, they knew that system inside out. Yeah. Whereas yeah, now, they're, they're, they're changing Nuno, their Nuno system of philosophy good, and it's going to take time. Nuno's a good manager. I'm not particularly 100% certain it's like 
the Spurs that the Spurs way type of manager. I think yeah. that time will tell on that. Um, I think he's a good manager. I don't think you've got anything to worry about with your club. I think he's, he's you know, he's a good manager. Uh, what I I think at Wall when he was at Wolves, especially that they that, like the yacht, like Mike was saying, the Yota Triore Jimenez mm. sort of team, they were incredibly tough to beat. Incredibly tough to beat. Like, and I think you're seeing that similar thing with Spurs now. But now he's got better players. He's now got Son and Kane and. You know, I think maybe you could have done with one more on the right, but you know, yeah, that that's that's you know maybe something to build on. But I just think, you know, I think I think Wolves will be okay. They played really well against us. Trincao, um, Neto, Jimenez, Triore—they got enough attacking players to score goals. We're talking about teams that haven't got goals in them. Wolves have got goals in them. Just Mike's hit the nail on the head. Absolutely, I think is come January. You know, Neves, there's two or three top teams, I think, that could take Neves, United included. You know, we're missing we, a ball we were, we were We were kind of half-heartedly linked with him. But... Yeah, Traore is always going to have, like, what I would say, like, top team suitors. Not maybe as a starter, but off the bench. You know, when teams mm. get tired and you play on the counter, he's perfect. I'm not so sure, like, you, him and there's anymore. I think maybe the days of maybe where he was going to get bought are gone now because of that injury. But Neto, definitely there. And I think even the um, even even someone like Semedo, a right back, Connor Cody, uh, you know, if, you know, if, if Wolves were starting to get to a point where they did, they weren't kicking on, they'd be interested in those players, you know. Um, so it is about keeping that band together for them, I think. And you know, that's the total key to it. The longer they can do that, the better. But they obviously need to sell. They were they like Mike said, they were shopping players. They were shopping players around. You know, which is probably why Levy went in with the load. Probably thought, well, I'll take the wages, that'll help you. <laughs> you know, I'll give you a pack of salt and vinegar crisps for him. Yeah, but you know, like, you well, know, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. Duncan yeah. Ballantyne, basically, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that's exactly. what Levy does. I, it always amazes me when people go, Oh, he's done that. I'm like, you're surprised by this? Like, no, no, and, and yeah. for your club, that's great. You know, like, like, like he does a real, like, you know, shrewd business. I'm sure you guys would love to see him spend more money. I'm not having a go at Daniel Levy. I'm just saying there are massive, like, you know, differences between what he says and what he does you know right. uh, you know but that's it, isn't it but i think walls will be okay is, is the answer on walls for me yeah well yeah we've reached the end i mean almost three hours i mean that's hang on, two well, hang hours on, hang longer on. than i normally go for. hang on i need you on on film to tell me your top four and your bottom three because i've put it in writing none of you guys put, yeah i, I, don't, I, I, don't, I told I, you the top four i, I, I said well, top, top four i think it's going to be I'm going to say I'll go with Man City as first. Big Chelsea will be second. But I think that's a very close run thing. Either one of those two are taking those positions. Then I think it's probably United. I think they've United have improved, but there needs to be a level of uh, gelling together of those players. And I think not having that defensive midfielder is going to cause you an issue at one point in the season or other. Then I, th I can only see Liverpool taking fourth, to be honest. Um they proved last year, even with all the injuries and that really bad patch that they had, once they go on a run, they're incredibly hard to stop. So I think, you know, that's the top four. Whether that's the right order or not, I don't know. But I think one and two is probably near enough cast iron. Three and four could interchange. As a bottom three, got, uh, I can't look past Norwich. Uh, possibly Watford, I think. And... Actually, going to go Newcastle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mr. K is a. Uh, I mean, 
where's your ambition? Fourth. Man City, United, Chelsea, Tottenham. To be honest, I'd take that. But... He's got he's got Liverpool out the top four. You said they're winning it. You Spurs fans can't even get United. <laughs> <laughs> I, I st- well, I said Liverpool. I have to stick with it. I can't just say, well, I said that, uh, you know, ages ago. But yeah, I, I think I still think Liverpool win it, and then it's uh, it, it, it's a fight for me between yourselves, uh, Ben, Chelsea, City. I, I I think City not getting a striker in. I think that will not so much against the Norwiches and the games that they've played recently, where they're battering teams, but in the real, real hard fought games where you need to nick a winner. I think the lack of a striker could cause... So, with, with, with yourselves... Then? Well, yeah, I'd, I'd say so, maybe. Well, it's, it's ridiculous to say, isn't it? But I think Chelsea third, I, I still think... I think with Ronaldo, you can just batter teams. I think it won't be as many games that your lack of a defensive milder, midfielder... I think you'll see United play a lot more wing play, get down the wings and whip it in the box. I think, we'll but I think as well, like I said with Van Dyke, which will give them confidence that our defence is back, your your players will be on cloud nine going, we've got Ronaldo here, just get the ball in the box, we can score the goal out of absolutely nothing here. But there's um, also the fear factor with Ronaldo that he will attract, he will naturally attract players, rightly or yeah, wrongly, yeah. will get attracted to him and leave space. And even if he doesn't have much of a game, which he did, let's be honest, at times at Juve, he was poor. Mm. Yeah, and then the, the players, he will draw players in because of and, the, it's and then you've got a Rashford, you've got a Martial, you've got a Greenwood, yeah. you've got a Sancho, Lingard. If he decides, um, it, he's worthy of a place in the team, you know, and uh, Van der Beek, uh, Fernandez, we forgot about Fernandez. Um, you know, he'll get in the box, get a penalty, you've got Ronaldo now. <laughs> <laughs> Penaldo, not Penaldez now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'd go Liverpool, United, Chelsea, City, and then bottom has to be Norwich for me, Watford, I think. And then there's always a surprise, isn't there? So it wouldn't surprise me, sadly, Arsenal. if it's Burnley. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> well, Arsenal, on that Chelsea, note, City, bottom three would be amazing. On that yeah, note, I you've mean, heard it here first. Chris thinks Arsenal's getting relegated. No. <laughs> yeah, Mr. K, Norwich, Watford and one other team toss up who will mess up. Yeah, uh, and then top one. four. <laughs> yeah. Spurs winning a cup conference. You know, that's a cup. It's a cup. We haven't won one for since I was at school so that'll do hey mate either way if you win that you're the inaugural champion so <laughs> exactly, exactly yeah. you're part of history done something that everyone... no one else can do yeah, yeah you, exactly. you'll always be the first Chris yeah you mean United, United have managed to win every trophy they've introduced a new one now now I understand why we were trying to slide <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It'll be interesting, though, come the end of the season. We'll, we'll, we'll get together January and then do, like, another preview because, obviously, a lot of things will have changed. So, uh, maybe not January, after the January transfer window. Mate, I'm uh, even going to be el- elated by January or just sitting here depressed going, well, this is crap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that could be all three of us, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's been great having you on. It's been a marathon session. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good that we gave every team their due... Uh, uh, time, um, yeah. I mean, Mr. K has said we were the first team to win a European Cup. Uh, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wonder if we will be again. Mm. 
Um, but yeah, it's been great having you on, guys. And then, yeah, uh, end, end of the transfer window in January. Come back on and we'll see where we are. I'll keep that um, prediction. Ours have just been said on here. It's, it's, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. It's not written down. It's not written down. It's just hearsay. It's just hearsay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You misheard. You misheard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, cheers, guys. And uh, yeah, speak to you soon. Yeah, for everyone else thanks so much for listening Mr K thanks so much for watching pretty much all the way through and adding your comments on pretty much every team much appreciated and uh, looking forward to having you on next week after the Palace game Uh, add the likes hit the likes they all help subscribe get me up to 100 please please before the next game and uh, as always come on you Spurs Thank you so much for watching, for everybody who participated in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Anybody who couldn't watch the live video, you can still catch us on YouTube. Add any comments, suggestions or questions to the comments section on the video. Anybody who's listened to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anybody who wants the audio-only podcast, you can get this wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you'll find all the information there. We'll be back soon. We're live Mondays, 8pm, Fridays, half 12, UK time. Until then, come on, you Spurs!